Shut up and sit down. The good bike rider is easy to recognize. He makes sure his bicycle is always in perfect mechanical condition. He learns how to ride and knows all the bicycle rules and traffic laws before riding on the street. You press play and are now listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Duren. For your information, spending today complaining about yesterday won't make tomorrow any better. Enjoy the show. You can choose to take your finite time and energy and effort and you can spend it complaining, or you can spend it playing the game hard, which is probably going to be more helpful to you in the long run. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von During. Today I'm here with Lance Epler. Lance Romance in the studio. In studio. In very excited for some reason this morning. <laughs> we've got everybody. Yeah. yeah. And to his right, we've got Evan Speedos Price. I wear Speedos. You know I'm wearing my Speedos. Hey Evan, I, I actually need to pick a race for next year where I'm going to speedo. race in a speedo. That that needs to actually. I've I've now talked this about a couple in people. Columbia like, River. I'd be fine with that. I was actually thinking of even going back east and doing like a a big race out there. In a Come speedo. out to the Columbia River, but do like the sprint in your speedo and just uh-huh. go as fast as you can by everybody. Just was like it full sprint? On was everything. it like National Jorts Day not too long ago too? Jorts. <laughs> I think I think it was like a couple of days ago. That would be another another know. fun race attire. Don't know when Jorts are. I jorts did a, day. I How did do you ride, not know when Jorts Day is? I did a ride in speedos this week in your honor. Seriously? Evan. Yes. Oh uh, god, I can't wait for this. Back you know what? It's gonna be so He's telling the truth, and we'll get to that in a moment. I cannot wait. I was thinking for a second, like what? Oh, wait a second. I was there. <laughs> Stay right. tuned. I have to get matching ones with Lance. Then is the only way that this is going to happen. Yeah. It's Evans right, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? I'm here. I'm back. Yes. Welcome back. Look at that. All four of us here I sitting know. at the table. This is the this is the ticket. Matt's, That's good. Matt's arm can make it up onto the table this time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, you poor guy. That's good because I might be gone the next four weeks. Four weeks. What? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> the next podcast brought to you by. Skype. Skype. <laughs> Evan, you yeah. had a big race. Oh, God. None of us, well, I don't know really how it transpired or what went down. I think Lance is in the same boat. I think Matt knows boat. probably more than all I, of us. But No, I don't know. But yeah. we all want to hear it. Tell us, backpedal. So I had a race in Boulder, Colorado, which is a beautiful town. Yes. Like Boulder's awesome. Matt's been to Boulder. Jake, have you been to Boulder? I have. And Lance, are you the only one who has not been to I Boulder? I have not been yeah. to Boulder. That's what? really shocking, Funny. actually. <laughs> the most well-traveled man at the table has not been to Boulder, Colorado. Carmen San Diego here hasn't yeah. been. <laughs> that should be, wherever you're going for the next four weeks, try to get to try Boulder to get if you can. Boulder. <laughs> yeah. Could happen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an incredible place. It really is. I'm, I'm very lucky to have been able to spend a lot of time there, and I have good friends there. Um, so I, I'm, I went to a race. Uh, my mother was there as well racing. So it was oh, a, cool. a half Ironman distance, which is all I'm racing this year. And uh, honestly, it was it was a good experience in the sense that I got humbled hard, like hard. Like I, this was like a this was a big 
pro men's field. Yeah. Correct. There's, there, it was a very strong field. Yeah. Yeah. Very strong field. Um, I mean, Boulder is fast. There's, it's the mecca of triathlon in the yeah. world. I don't think anybody would really argue with that. Yeah. I would imagine that that's pretty mute. It used point. to be the same with running. It used to be the yeah. mecca of running. Yeah. And so. I mean, you know, there, there's, I think the reason for that is just a lot of professional triathletes, short distance and long course will, will move to Boulder to train just for the community. Get the facilities. You've got mm-hmm. the right altitude in my opinion yeah you know because you can get down to a little bit closer to sea level easily and you can get up pretty high you too can go fast quick. enough on the track you know yeah so yeah i don't know and so the the race was at the boulder reservoir which yeah. i didn't really know that much about um until i got there and realized it is about as sun exposed as it gets yeah and it is almost entirely packed dirt for the run yeah the bike course is beautiful the swim is hard but it was I mean, it's a great venue for a race. It really is. And uh, I'll, I'll get through my race because I do want to tell a quick story about my mother, too, who had an incredible experience at the race. Um, I got onto the start line. It was not a wetsuit start, which I knew going in. Definitely does not play to my strengths. And yeah. uh, we had the pleasure of getting to race with uh, Josh Amberger, who is... One of the top swimmers in the sport. Yeah, you could probably say, at least in the Ironman game, probably the fastest swimmer in the Ironman game right now. Um, he was much smaller than I thought he was going to be. He's a little guy, (laughs) but God, he's fast. I mean, he like, so I I was decently close to him on the swim start first mistake and he, (laughs) I'll just hop on this guy's legs. Yeah. I mean, I think before the, the, the gun went off, he had a body length on me already. Like before he decided to move, he was already winning and he (laughs) was first out of the water by a good 30 seconds. He was, uh, had a great day overall. Um, the, the top end of the race was really exciting to watch for everybody there. Uh, as for the back end of the race, which is where I was, the swim started and I had talked to a couple, uh, other guys who have raced before who we were going to try and form a backpack and we did off the start, which was great. And it was one of those 70.3 boulder backpacks. Backpacks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was those guys who were like, Oh, Hey, we don't live here and let's make sure we don't blow all of our matches in the first 30 seconds of this race. Yeah. So I found out that the big weakness in my training has been, I have not been doing a lot of good sprint training in the pool and, uh, both my feet cramped up after about a minute, minute 30, maybe into the race kick became a little bit hard and I got dropped. And as soon as it settled back down, it was already basically, that's all she wrote for the swim. So kind of had to swim by myself. So even the backpack was the backpack had dropped the front. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there was like two guys behind me maybe, and they were oh. way back there. So it was, you're on your own. I had lost the pack I was supposed to stay with, which yeah. was a combination of poor training and my muscles not being ready for that sort of for sprint to start right at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, got out of the water and <clears throat> looked at the watch. and was like, well, that's not good. And <laughs> decided that I was just going to try and hammer the bike basically. And that was the one bright spot of the day is that I really liked the new fit that I've gotten on the bike. And, um, it went, it went really well. Like I was able to push good power all day. Um, what was your bike split? Two eleven. Wow. So solid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was, uh, I wanted to be a little bit over 26 miles an hour and I was just barely under it. So it was, it was okay for, for being at altitude, at altitude, not acclimated. Yeah. Having just come off of a terrible swim. So, 
um, got off the bike and had in my head that I have good run fitness and I should be able to run fast. And that kind of disappeared quickly as well. So, so what you're telling me <laughs> is that your swim sucked, your run sucked and the bike was great. So yeah. what's oh, that telling you? So we could basically just <laughs> end it. So we could basically just end this story at, Hey, the bike went well. And then this podcast would be great with it and be like, cool. Who cares about the other just, two parts? Just ride your freaking bike, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was very happy with the amount of work I put in the bike in the last two months and knowing that that really did pay yeah. off. Legs felt great. I did I got off the bike feeling like I could have ridden another fifty six miles, but I could not have ran what I needed to run. Yeah. Um, Matt has had some experience running at the reservoir and he ran well there, which I'm very happy well, for him. Long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> there was. Uh, it is hard to describe unless you've tried to race on that surface what that feels like. When it's, your legs are it's gone. soft. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a power runner's course. That's for sure. It's very hard to spring on that stuff. So yeah. for anyone that's not necessarily a runner, that's listening to this cycling podcast <laughs> that, you know, it, it's the same for biking in a lot of ways where it's like the harder the surface, the faster it is technically. Um, but the harder the surface, the harder it is on your legs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of elite runners will go, you know, they'll go over to the reservoir to do their long runs softer surface it doesn't matter that much if you're going a little bit slower mm-hmm. uh but and you know and so it's, it's good it's good on yeah. the body and stuff like that for training. beautiful i mean great view of the mountains too like for a long run it's a perfect place but yeah. when you're racing you know you're yeah. not you're just your times are just not going to be as fast unfortunately no, no you, you have the double whammy of you know you're running on a soft surface which is not as fast and you're at altitude yeah so it was it was not set up for success and I struggled on the run and ended up, I had placed myself kind of back in the backpack at the end of the bike, had ran myself decently the first 5k and then kind of fell back after that. Uh, I think I ended up like 27th out of the 35 guys that started. So it was not the ideal performance, but I do have a race coming up in three weeks and then two weeks after that. So you didn't come in last, Evan. You, you did fantastic. Thank buddy. God I did not come in last. That was that was that was actually one of the first questions once I could breathe that, that I asked Cassie after this. I was like, was I last? And she at that time wasn't sure. She's like, you may have been last. That's cool. But the 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 one really cool story from that weekend, outside of it just being awesome. Like I love yeah. Colorado and the people there. It's great. Like I have no regrets from going and doing that race. Yeah. It was a tough race and I deserve to get my butt kicked there, but I guess still got two races to to make up for it. This will make you feel better. Take uh-huh. Evan Price yeah. against the all-star team of Matt Legrand, Lance Hippler, and Jake Van Dering. <laughs> we will do a relay and go up against you. Yeah. You would we, smoke us, all three of us. Can we finish? Could we even finish? The three does, of us? Could does everybody finish? have to race I'd in say Speedos? Is that <laughs> Matt's going to be running along with his arm, like tethered to his body. Uh-huh. I'm going to make Lance swim because I, I can't can swim. I was about to say, Jake's not doing this swim. swim. And then I'm going to have to try and keep up with you as best as I can on the bike. But we know I can't get in the TT position. so And luckily, I'll get the BMC. So <laughs> there you that go. gives me an advantage. Sure, so I think sure, the TT just know that you would beat the three of us. You can beat all three. Yes. Three there we go. Podcast mates here. So. <laughs> that, that does make me feel a little better. So, <laughs> so my, my quick, quick story. My mom. Um, so my mom got into triathlon, probably like a lot of people from from her era when she saw Julie Moss. Anybody listening who does not know who Julie Moss was, she was a professional triathlete back from Lance. Do you know roughly the year? Uh, it was in the eighties. In the eighties, I know. Yeah, I, she 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 had a very famous. Yeah, she was. Kona. She yeah. was at uh, Ironman Hawaii and mm-hmm. was winning the race. The yeah. winning the women's race had a complete meltdown. Yeah. Within two or three hundred yards of the finish. Yeah. Within sight. And famously yeah. crawled to the finish line. Mm-hmm. 
and it was all caught by NBC cameras yeah. and it she based, was passed yeah. in the last two really, meters. Really what but made, it, it, I, I think, the Iron Man made famous. The sport. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it really did. I mean, there was a, a, a numerous amount of people who watched that and probably were inspired to join the sport. Uh, my mom being one of them. And, yeah. you know, years later, my mom's done a ton of Ironmans and ultramarathons and yada, yada. And she, uh, at Boulder 73, she doesn't know this until she looks at the start list, but Julie Moss is going to be in her age group. Whoa. My mom's in the 60 to 65 age group now. And so is Julie. I think Julie is now 60, I believe. I believe she just turned 60. And that was very cool for my mom to start. And then she finished the day in third with Julie Moss being second in her age group. Wow, that's cool. Which was really, really cool for her. Yeah, so that was... She got to talk to Julie after the race. Um, she got a picture on the po- the age group podium up there with her. So wow. that was that was cool to see my mom at you know her ripe young age to still be like a fan over somebody like that. That's so cool. That's yeah, cool. it was 1982. 1982. 1982. Thank yeah. you, Lance. Also, funny story. They they let Julie Moss actually wreck with the women pros, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a legend in that area. So does she live in Boulder? I think she actually lives in Southern California, but okay. I do believe for a while she was living in Boulder. Yes. Oh. Cool. Lance, you want to backpedal for us? Sure. I've got uh, lots of stories to tell from this good, week. Good, good. I, I, I have none. So. <laughs> Me and Lance are just going to hog the backpedal today. <laughs> I raced three times this week. Um, only three times. Three I mean, times. Seven days. <laughs> it's only seven Why don't you do days. the other four days? I rode every day. <laughs> I, went, I went crown hunting the other days. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, Monday we had our short track finale, which uh, Jake and I were super excited about. Um, I will let Jake tell his uh, story about uh, what led up to the short track finale. Yep. Uh, but um, uh, minor spoiler alert, Jake did not race. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and so um, I went out there um, hoping to be in the top three and right. knew that if I got in the top three in that race, I would I would make the podium for the whole right. seven race series or eight race series. And who was – there was – there was a couple people that were close to you. I mean, it was yeah, it was so pretty tight, right? Jake was ahead of us, unreachable. Yes. Danny Weichel in the lead, unreachable. Yes. So there were three of us battling for third. the third, and it was both our teammates, yeah. Chris Weirman and Terry Hamness. So Duds. the three of us were battling, and we all just talked beforehand and said, "Look, let's just race. We're just going to go out there and go, and whoever wins wins. Super. Let's just You're have like, fun." Terry, I'm going to adjust your tire pressure for you, <laughs> but let's just race. No, yeah. no sabotage here. You don't need to check no. it. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I, I actually had a pretty good race and felt pretty decent and got out there, was in second most of the race yep. and ended up getting caught by another guy, not one of our teammates, right on the last lap, who's actually a, I think he's a Cat 1 road cyclist who really? dabbles in... Was he one of um, Danny's teammates? Danny's teammate. Okay. Michael Gallagher. He is same guy that raced like early on, like a and, race or two, and beat Danny. Yeah. 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 So he's he's solid. He just didn't start well, and he caught me with a half a lap to go, oh. and he goes by me, and I'm like, "Gosh, dang it, Gallagher!" Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just having fun out there. <laughs> so, but I ended up taking third for the race, which put me on the podium for the whole series. So that was super exciting that I finally made the podium in that in that cat one nice. 45 plus so nice. that was fun and then we had um it was the ultra short track relay event where what happens is when the races finish oh yeah they, they need some time to tabulate results for the podiums so they put on this relay event which is, which is like your favorite thing it's just for fun yeah it's like a 
it's like one lap of the motocross track. So it's literally like half a mile that you go around this motocross track and you have, there's 10 teammates, it's teams of 10, and you have to come in and slap high five to your guy so the next guy goes. And so it's just a big party. Anyway, it's always super fun. Dodd Cycling actually fielded three teams. We had three teams of 10. We had like... 30 people. We had like a, we had like an A team and like a B team and a junior team. So it was, Oh, cool. Yeah. So we just had, and for each of the teams, like you can't just put all of your best people on there Mm -hmm. and and it's not to take anything away from like, you know, the other people that are on the team, but you had to have a mix of at least three women or three juniors juniors. that had comprised part of your team so that it was kind of creating some fairness for everybody. Yeah. So our A team and our B team still had three juniors or women on the team. And then our juniors team, had uh, two adults. I, I wanted to make the team such that there was always an adult in the pit. Yeah. So like one of, one of the adults was out racing. There there was no one there with the, the kids. But so we had two adults and eight juniors on that team. So we ended up having it was three women and it was uh, I guess I guess eleven eleven juniors out there doing the race in, in addition to everybody else. It was awesome. Yeah. It made it made the night so much fun because a lot more people came out to the race and to be part of the team. I mean, we had so many team members there for the night. It was just. It was super fun. So, yeah, the the, the A team did win the relay event. Yep. There was about twenty teams or something like 23, that. Twenty three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it, it kind of came down to it. Last year we lapped the second place. That's what I was gonna say. I, I feel like last year it was close <laughs> for the first half, and then yeah. all of a sudden you got away from it. We but still won handily. I think we, you had them by like a half a lap this time instead of a full lap. So. Well, it wasn't quite that much. It was only Are like sure. Yeah, it was only like ten seconds. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Right. He, he was he was he was gaining on me because I was watching every corner because oh. I went last and yeah. and I knew where he was and so I was looking every corner where he was. Yeah. So he must have put some time into you on the course. He did because we had a pretty good lead when you left. Sorry. He did. Lance, yeah. come on, man. He, he was a, he, the the guy, he was a single speed guy who's usually oh. in the top three or four guys. So he was yeah. really fast. He's cooking. Yeah. So, but anyway. That was fun. So we won the team relay. We won we the also, team relay. Also won the we won comp- the we won the team competition for most points for short track as well yeah and then we had our team had several podiums correct yeah as well it was fun it was a good yeah. night so where does where does that put us in the entire like over ranking through 2019 for bar team points yeah bar team points we're almost triple the team in second so place. it's close okay so it's <laughs> <laughs> we have like 4500 points and second place has like 1600 or something it's, like that we have a lot of cyclocross points coming right yeah we need yeah. to get out we need to get everybody on cyclocross bikes so we can keep that closely yeah everybody mm-hmm. except yep. for me and you yeah exactly okay. we'll cheer so short track was a blast uh the next night was uh was pir the um the circuit race it's like 30 mile circuit race was this the PR. finale or are there a few more left? no there's a whole month left whole month, but it okay. was the july finale they they give um Oh, yeah. uh, jerseys for the the leaders for the month mm-hmm. so i was out there helping um uh ian gibson uh this was in the three four field and um last week we had eight team members there all helping ian there was a bad accident last week yeah. i think it spooked a lot of people this week there were only three of us it was just me and mike guy van and ian and so um, not nearly as many team members. Um, we decided beforehand that Mike Guyvan would be the one to lead Ian out, and I would be the one to try to chase dangerous moves. Okay. 
uh, that sounded bad, but chase breaks, potential no. yeah. breaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a bad move. Let me chase you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't crash into that wall. Don't yeah. Crash. So anyway, uh, it, it ended up being a really good night for me. Um, about six laps in, a break went, but it didn't have anybody dangerous in it. It didn't have anybody potentially right. winning in it. And so we kind of let him get away and we got him, we let him get 200 yards ahead of us or so. And there was a point where I was sitting in the pack and just decided, um, okay, I'm going to bridge this break and see if it makes it. And so there were a couple guys in there though that have the ability to hold big watts for periods of time though, right? That was why you went out there. So yeah, so that was the that was my thought process was okay, none of the guys in the break have a chance of winning the a group finish. The group finish right. or or winning the overall for the month. But there's a couple guys in there that if they work together could the break could be successful and make it. And so that's when I made the decision, okay, I'm gonna go. And I put down like a huge effort and bridged up to him pretty quickly, which was good, which made me feel really good because I've had real trouble closing gaps before like that. But man, not this time. I don't know why I was motivated or whatnot. Yeah. So it ended up being eight of us in the break. Yes, it succeeded. Um, we we stayed away. We got almost three quarters of a lap ahead of the rest of the field. Um, they were working really well. Uh, there were eight of us. There did were, you just sit in and you're like, I'm not doing any work here? Uh, I did not. Okay. You did, you did a little work. <laughs> no. That's, that's not what Lance did. There were, um, there were hot laps, and oh, the yeah. race is won on a point system. Yep. You get so many points for the final sprint, but there were points available for hot lap sprints. So the second hot lap comes around, and I, I easily outsprinted the other seven guys yeah. in the break. Mm-hmm. And the second hot lap came around like four minutes later, and I did it again. I easily outsprinted them all. So I kind of played my cards. Yeah. They knew that I could sprint, sprint, yeah. and they knew that I could move. So what happened at the very end was with a half a lap to go, um, I had been pulling on the front trying to keep us up to speed. And as soon as I pulled off, uh, they went. Ben Snodgrass attacked yeah. there you go. because he knew he couldn't yeah. outsprint me. Yep. Well played. Yes, yeah, it was right really time. well played. It's good timing. So he, he, I, I couldn't chase it because I just yep. pulled off the front. It was, it was brilliant for him. Yeah, and he went off. One guy went with him, and we, we couldn't catch him. Even though they were only a hundred meters ahead of us or fifty yep. meters ahead of us, we couldn't catch him. And so. I ended up fifth in the overall sprint because at the very end I tried yeah. to pull them back and I ended up dragging two other guys with me who, right. who both out sprinted me because I was just gassing myself. Anyway, so I ended yeah. up I ended up second overall for the night, even That's though I had the same bad. amount of points as the guy who it's pretty won. Good, man. Yeah, yeah. So that was really exciting for me that I took second in a in a three four race. And you probably took like a lot of the 35. wind over that race. Yeah. I mean you spent a significant amount of time up front, right? Uh, at I, least exposed. I, I just kept taking my turn. Yeah. I, you know, when, and, and I was trying to encourage the whole group. Yeah. Listen, we, let's do 10 minute, 10 second pulls. Let's everybody work here because I, it was very beneficial to me. Yep. Uh, I knew I could probably out sprint everybody if we stayed together. So I was trying to motivate everybody to stay together. I probably shouldn't be saying all this on the podcast. <laughs> But that yeah. was that was the thought process. I'm gonna put this on a cassette tape and mail it <laughs> to, to 
therapeutics associate. I don't know. Right. I don't know who. Yeah. I don't know who the rest a- of the team were. Actually, this is yeah. gonna be like film room motivation <laughs> for next year. Like, yeah. There was a therapeutic associates writer in the break, yeah. David Hart, and oh yeah, okay. oh, yeah. and he actually. Um, he, the reason he told me afterwards, the only reason he stayed in the race is because I was there. Yeah. Because we're kind of friends yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we've ridden together a lot. And, he, and he's like, oh, you know, I'll help Lance, which was super nice. Cool of him to do. So and so he kind of helped me, even though I had no other teams. I didn't know who anybody else was other than Ben Snodgrass because yeah. he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's a good guy too, though, because he's he's even come up to us before races, and I say us loosely, <laughs> you guys, and said that you know he didn't have a dog in the uh, fight, and that he's out there to work with our team. He He'll wanted to help us. like keep things kind of spread out and, and the pace up, kind of doing you know like a Chris a Chris Handel type of a move, and you know it was kind of nice to see him wanting to help out. Right, yeah, he's a good guy. So that was super cool. I I took second in a PIR race, which I have never placed that high before. Wow! So that was, you have never won a PIR race? I have not. Huh? I I won a I won a ma- I know I took second in a Masters four five race a couple years ago. Gotcha. But uh, haven't won a PIR <clears throat> race yet. Anyway, uh, the rest of the week was just some riding and fun, and then there was a crit on Saturday, uh, the Redline crit, yeah. um, and I raced in the Masters three four five field. And we had five teammates in that oh, race. Okay. Seven. Was there seven? Yes. Okay. See, <laughs> there was. I had seven teammates in that race, and um, I had decided beforehand that I was going to try to uh, work for Chris Surratt, a teammate yep. who has a really solid sprint, and he led me out on a race earlier in the year, and so this was sure. finally my turn to repay uh, Chris Surratt. And so, but uh, most of the riders in the race, a lot of them didn't know they were marking me, not so much Chris, Okay, which was actually really good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't do a whole lot of work up front, um, but in the very end, I was able to lead him out to the final corner and Chris Surratt won the race. So I was super happy about that. that He's probably won a lot of races. He's won a lot of races, but I was, you know, it made me feel good just to be able to work for him. It was kind of funny. With about five or six laps to go, I found myself at the front of the group. There was about 35 riders in the group. And um, and and I, I sat up because it was not the right time for me to be at the front of the group. Um, I was still trying to save myself for that final sprint, that final lead out. And somebody behind me goes, come on, Lance, you got more than that. You can go harder <laughs> than that. And I, I sat up and just went, Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> but I stayed sitting up. But I will not. <laughs> but, but I am not, and I let everybody go by it. It was kind of funny because because you heard people kind of chuckle and laugh behind me. Yeah. And and after that, there was a little more focus on my wheel. Oh, they were was, they were like, oh, he's fresh. Oh, he's fresh, and he look at him laughing. He's laughing, and uh-huh. and so a couple guys, you know, kind of marked me a little bit more, which which allowed me to uh, really work even better for Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at, in that final, in that, in that final two or 300 meters, I was able to go really hard with guys trying to mark me, but Chris was able to just roll right around me and win the race. So go Chris. So yeah. Chris awesome. is a stud too. That helps. That's it good work fun. for the week. That, that, that's a lot of, that's like the, the Lieutenant sort of week right there. Ah, it was, how yeah. many, how many races are you doing this week? <laughs> 
I'm only, there's only 18. one. There's only one. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're kind of coming. It's winding down before it connects with cross season here right. coming up. So. Cross season yeah. start for a month. And so, yeah. So. And then you're traveling at some point. I am traveling. I will mm-hmm. be traveling. I'm going to Las Vegas next weekend oh, okay. for. I'm assuming uh, that's not for a bike race. It's fantasy football. Fantasy football. Oh, it's yeah. football yeah. draft. Yeah. Tri- uh-huh. draft. Okay. Yep. So going there, and then I'll, I'm well, coming back, and then heading to Florida with okay. my kids. I'm so going to drive. You, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. When you come back from Vegas, are you going to happen to overlap on a Monday? It's possible, okay. but I'm, make that not, happen. I'm not sure. I'm going to try to make that happen. All right. Are you going to go through Boulder on your way to Florida? It's That's also possible to mm-hmm. go through Denver. And you should do a ride there. Yeah, I have a ride that you should do I in should. Boulder. Okay, you would like it. He's gonna be, he's gonna be busy with the with the no, family. You know, I don't he'll, know. If we'll have can, whole, well, he'll, he'll be able to slip away. Yeah. For yeah, I don't know how much they're gonna be like. We need to be on the road, and you're like, hey, well, I need to do a six hour bike ride in hey, here well, somehow. I, I need to climb twelve thousand feet. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta sneak some miles. I am still prepping a little bit for Rebecca's private Idaho. Okay, the, uh, the gravel stage race mm-hmm. in Idaho, and so I can't, I can't do nothing. Okay, yeah, and just take your road bike with you. Before everybody wakes up in the morning, you yeah. get well before they wake up. You get on your bike and start riding. You know, ride east, young man. Right, and then they, they wake up. You. They yeah. go have their breakfast and all that other stuff, and you can see how far you can get away from them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not a bad idea. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> game. Ride east. Yeah, I like that. They have a little GPS beacon on you, yes. and they'll just track you down. Well, they can just track my phone. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that was more or less my week. There was a couple of things that happened, but I'll let Jake tell those. Stories. Oh yeah. Cool. Matt, backpedal. Okay, well, um, so I'm still recovering from my shoulder injury, and I will be recovering for quite some time into the future. Mm. I did, which is a little bit ridiculous, I tried to swim this week, uh, and I tried to run this week. Um, I basically flopped around through the water for 500 meters. <laughs> you tried to <laughs> swim with the broken It was wing. hilarious. That's impressive, 500 meters. I, I know. didn't know it was that yeah, much. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Uh, with flip turns and, like, you know, it, it was tricky because you can't, like, get your... Sh- arm to go straight to do you know anyway so uh ran with my six-year-old one mile uh, at about 12 and a half minutes or something like that blazing blazing it's, speed yeah. who but won uh he did he nipped you at the line oh psh, wasn't even close yeah. <laughs> i told him i told him like, i was like there's the finish line and he just gone yeah. so <laughs> it's like, bye dad but he did get he, he gets tired in the middle of the race not at the end of the race so we did some walking uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. How many miles a week is he running? Have you formulated a training plan? We've got for a training him? plan for him. You know, I'm going to have him pushing triple digit okay. mileage. Yeah. You know, I think because so. he's six already. <laughs> right I mean, yeah, he's already six. It's like so. the college is looking at you him mean yet. Ten point one. Is yeah. that what you mean by triple digits? Yes. Triple, triple digits. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's it for my week. Um, Jake, how was your week? My week sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jake. let me let me re- rephrase that. It started off bad, and it progressively. Just kept getting like more and more problematic, yep. and then it finally came around, like for the, the very, very end of it. But mm. you know, I I've been dealing with this for like the last like three or four months. Every time I get like a little block of things going well and in, in my direction of like wanting to build fitness and whatnot, it something always comes up. You know, whether it be a stomach flu or messing up the shoulder after a time trial. This time, so we've got short track. We won the team relay last year. We get a little trophy for that. It's um, like a it's like a homemade trophy. Yeah. That gets uh, that gets. I made um, sure it was in the video it, that I posted. Yeah. If yeah. People want to check so it, it out. gets passed on from team to team. It's super cool. And there's there's the, a chicken for some reason. The, I'm not tradi- sure if I fully understand it. <laughs> the tradition with this trophy has been that the team that wins it, when they bring it back next year for the the future winner of the uh, the team relay, 
add something to the trophy. I'm like, yeah. okay, I want to add something to this to give it a little bit more like oomph to make it look kind of cool. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm, I've got all these bike parts. I'm like, oh, this bike rotor is going to look awesome as like a backdrop to it. It does. So I made this little bracket and I tack welded it onto the bracket and then I had to drill a hole in said bracket so that I could mount it to the trophy. In the process of drilling that, I'm telling myself, Jake, you're not using the right tool for this. You're using a cordless drill that doesn't have enough RPMs. You should be using a power drill. Be careful, you idiot. <laughs> Jake, you're not using the right drill bit for this either, and it's taking forever to go through. And then in one small moment, because my shoulder was getting tired because my shoulders suck, I just did a little bit of a weight transfer just to kind of put my a little bit more body weight over it. In that process, the drill bit went through, and it dropped down a good six inches, and my oh. knuckle went right over the top of that rotor, and it sliced me down to the bone. I went... Oh. Ah, crap. I, I might have used more colorful language than that. Look down, and I'm like, hmm, that's my knuckle. That's your bone. I can see my bone right now. That's pretty cool. And then it proceeded to start gushing blood everywhere. And my dog's looking at me like, oh, no. You know, because I, I got pretty animated there for a second. Went and put a bunch of pressure on it. And this happened at 2 o'clock. And I'm like, I, I got to get this thing finished so that we can get over there to short track. And then I still Need to had, be there by 5-ish, 5.30-ish. Yeah, I always try and get there by 5 o'clock. So my son has plenty of time to ride. And this is at two o'clock and I needed to finish work on one other bike for somebody. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to finish this trophy and I have just enough time to get the bike ready, get the truck loaded up and then we can get out of here. Well, instead of working on bike, uh, I was off to urgent care to get stitches. And I sat in urgent care for two and a half hours waiting for yeah. it to get stitched up. I got six stitches and uh, made it home just in time to snag my son and get there with just enough time for him to go out and get a pre-ride in. Oh, wow. And um, while I'm getting stitched up, I'm looking at the doc. I'm like, hey, doc, what do you think? You think I can ride a bike last night? And he kind of looked at me funny. He's like, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you no because you're going to do what you're going to do, but just use your best judgment. I'm like thinking to myself, I got this. I got this. I can do this. It's just a couple stitches. Worst case scenario, I rip them out and they have to, you know, super glue it shut or something like that. As soon as he's done, I go to make a fist. I'm like, oh, yep, that's not going to happen. I couldn't even like barely move my my middle finger to, to pull oh, it back in. So, I, so yeah, I knew that it, the night was over. So I went out and uh, watched everybody else race and brought my camera with me and took, drum roll please, over 2,000 <laughs> pictures. <laughs> now, it's on burst mode so that I can get a really good shot for a lot of people. So, you know, instead of taking one, it's, a lot of times it's taking like three. But that's still a lot of freaking pictures to have to go through and edit and delete and, and yeah. pare it down. And I ended up posting on our Flickr page for not only our team, but everybody who was out there took pictures of as many people as I could. It was over 700 pictures that I posted up for people to have. So I guess that's the the bright, shiny part of yeah. that whole thing. And then I got to watch the the team relay you know thing go off. And that was what I was looking for. I, I, I really like the race is fun. I go out and have a good time, get my workout. And I wanted to do that relay because the yeah. first year I did, I had so much fun. Last year I had to miss it because I'm running around in a, a you know sling and, you know, just telling myself you're going to be back out there next year you know it, it, this year sucks you'll get back to next year and here i am again on the sidelines with my hand all wrapped up looking like an idiot so i think you're set for like the next 10 years of good luck i think <sighs> i don't know is that how this works <laughs> like or maybe it's just bad luck building off of bad luck i don't know so uh that was fun to watch and then tuesday couldn't wrap my hand around a set of handlebars didn't get to ride wednesday same scenario Thursday rolls around and I'm like, all right, I, I can get back on the bike and Lance is over here. Hey, let's go for a ride. Come on. He's like poking me and, and he's like, oh, you know, let, let, we're going to go do this, that and the other. So I think Lance was at my house like three times that day. Uh, <laughs> I had gone through it several times. Yeah. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. We finally, <laughs> we finally get all of our, our fares in order and we're ready to go ride. I jump on the bike with Lance. He he rides to my house to pick me up um, to go for a ride because, you know, that's what Lance does. He's always just out on his bike and he's just waiting for the bat signal to come up so he knows to go ride with you. We get on the bike and, and we need to start riding and we're 
heading out west back towards Lance's house and his bottom brackets making some noise. And that's another question. So we're going to stop by Lance's house to try and fix it. As Lance is trying to fix it, I'm noticing that there's something wrong with my bikes. DI2, it's telling me that um, on my Garmin that I have a 5339, and this is just minutia, 5339 chain ring. I'm like, well, that's maybe why it's just shifting just a tiny bit off because the synchro shift you know you need to tell what the gear ratios are yeah. so that it shifts appropriately so while i'm waiting for lance to correct his bike i'm like well i'm standing here i might as well just fix that because you can go in using the app you can pull it up and you can change it from 5339 to 5236 i'm gonna do this real quick oh if you want to do this jake you need to update the firmware real quick says the app push okay updating the firmware for the little bluetooth guy halfway through error i'm like uh-oh <laughs> i remember last time this happened that wasn't good tried to do it again error <laughs> turn off my phone, turn off the, the garment and unplugged yeah. everything, pull it back up, air. Bike is completely non-responsive. Like zero, nothing. Quit shifting In, entirely. Air, yeah. I'm stuck in my small ring, 36, and probably oh, I don't know, like it was halfway like the up the casino. Yeah, it was yeah, it was spinning. Like my max speed, like my comfortable max speed with my kids was about 14 and a half, 15 miles an hour. I'm like, Lance, I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm going to just ride home. Let's all ride with you. And he and, and his wife, Brandy, actually Randy joined. came with us, Exactly. And so we had a, like a speed cadence race-a-thon. <laughs> we looked like the biggest idiots on the side of the road. Yeah. And we were rolling along, and like Lance just kind of cruising. And then all of a sudden, I can blast him by. And I'm not kidding you. My cadence was over 180. I, I think my hit 191, according to my garden. Yeah, and new record. Yes, that awesome. has to be. Have you ever touched one? I, I don't even know what 190 would look like. I got up to like 26 and a half miles an hour. And so Lance sees that and he's like, I'm going to do this too. So he left his bike in the same gear combination. And he and I were like racing each other back and forth all the way to my house for like, was it like 12 miles or something? It was like 12 miles back. And <laughs> we like we're the spinning big... at 175 or 180 as fast as we can. Oh my so God. fast. Yeah. Yeah. And Lance is like, I can't get my butt for, to keep stop from bouncing and whatnot up and down. Bouncing. I'm like, watch this. And I go by him at like 175. My butt's like perfectly flat on there and he's like how'd you do that and i'm gonna give him a pointer so we were doing those uh, those speed cadence yeah. drills which was fun cadence drills. so it was that's fun. probably great training right there <laughs> I don't I'm know about, yeah <laughs> so the um highlight of the week for me riding were two things one was our fog hat friday ride we did uh oh, yeah. the ugliest kick competition and the winner was lance hepler i am the victor <laughs> <laughs> i won that race this week there I feel you go. Like we should do that once a year or something like that and also have like some sort of trophy Oh, he, well, he got a prize, but I think a trophy might be in order. Trophy would be in order. And then that would be we, could do the same, we could do the same thing where you decorate it each year and, and pass it along. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for the... Carefully decorated, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's just a social ride. We're trying to get people to come out, making it fun, making it slow. So we told everybody to wear their ugliest kit, and there were some fun ones that showed up. There was. Um, and Lance was wearing a... I was wearing a Speedo, <laughs> a leopard print Speedo. I was waiting for this at some point, and I was Thank hoping it wasn't actually going to be on the Fog Hat ride. Thankfully, but- <laughs> the Fog Hat ride. Again, thankfully, that Speedo was over a set of Ebb shorts. Well, the, the wife uh, went to Goodwill and bought several items She's for hilarious. the uh, for the ugliest kit ride, and um, I didn't feel comfortable wearing the speedo from goodwill without oh. so i had i it's did a sanitary have some, it's a sanitary it was a sanitary issue, issue. Oh, i think okay. also just you never know how a car is going to respond to that it didn't quite was stay it the, on was it me like very a, well was it like black what the leopard print it was that, it was leopard print at goodwill those were mine 
I just, I just dropped you those just off. Dropped those uh, off. And that was an accident. Right. That was an accident. My wife dropped those I've off. I've got them for you. Thank you. I'll bring you guys. Trying to get those back. He my was wife, just, he was just keeping them warm for you. My wife was like, "Oh, you haven't used these in well over a day and a half," and so she <laughs> tossed get them. Rid yeah. of those. So yeah, they were not clean. Just so you know, yeah. sanitary. Oh, that was that's good to know. I was wearing a this cat jersey. Oh, I love the cat jersey. That thing this was funny. Fantastic cat it's, jersey. It's, yeah, my sister and I and our you know spouses and whatnot. We always do um, like a gift exchange at Christmas time, and we pull names out of a hat, and everybody gets one person. And whenever I get my sister, she gets all kinds of crazy stuff from like crazy cat lady store or whatnot because she loves cats and whatnot um and then whenever she gets me i get all kinds of crazy cat crap too so she got me that cat jersey which was uh, pretty stellar and i finally got to wear that on a ride and not feel like a complete bathroom but <laughs> while riding i got meowed at three times <laughs> i got cat called three times by people in cars they that's hilarious head. yeah it was pretty pretty funny no i nobody no, nobody said anything to me oh, in my in my speedos i wonder if i that was just too offensive they can't to say anything because they had throw up in their mouth <laughs> <That's right. laughs> i wonder if like cars would mess with us less if we had just ridiculous outfits probably on. i think so yeah. if i was riding worried, in a speedo on a bicycle i feel like people would not be able to get angry at me it's very hard it's to like, get angry at somebody in a leopard spotted speedo usually you get people upset with you when you ride in bigger groups yeah every year that we've done the ugly christmas sweater ride the, the group has gotten oh, bigger yeah. and better I mean, the first year was 13 then it was yeah. like 20 or 30 and then last year it was over 50 people are always like honking happily yes waving and cheering mm -hmm. us on yeah. hand clapping and I, I i can't remember anybody that's been pissed at us so um, no maybe maybe we're onto something maybe we need to change our cycling kits but uh oh lance those are <laughs> i'm showing matt and evan the picture of the yeah. uh oh speedos. yeah oh I, I recognize them yeah. those are tied around the cheeks <laughs> those are nice yes <laughs> I may have to try swimming in those. Oh, <laughs> we have to pass those down. Sorry, Matt. You're not going to get us back oh, for a man. while. It's going to be a while. So jumping forward into Saturday, we almost did not have that red line criterium that Lance um, was alluding to. And the Oregon Bicycle Racing Association stepped up, took over promotion of the race, uh, filled in all of the voids to make sure that it was going to go off without a hitch. Um, last Tuesday, there were only 86 people who had registered for the race. Yeah. I need to get final numbers on this, but we finished with well over 200 people. That's that's fantastic. That's awesome. So, yeah. how does that um, compare to previous years? Do you know? Uh, last year for that same race, I think they had, I think it was like 148. That's huge. So that's big. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So, and it was a perfect day for racing. And to be it was honest, so nice. And to be honest, if I had not been out of town, I would have loved to do that race. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about Redline. So, yeah. um, it was it was a great day. But I I opted to volunteer because we needed volunteers because the uh, the prior um, promoter had no volunteers signed up and didn't have the porta potties and permits and notifications yeah. out to all the different businesses but um all everything got taken care of and i went out and volunteered um which ultimately just ended up being me setting up and making sure that we had other volunteers out there and i got to walk the course and take pictures for the entire time i was out there and posted up a bunch of pictures for people to have to have something to take away from the race so that they uh, get excited to come back next year nice so and then my weekend last uh, or yesterday with yesterday being Sunday with a great ride with uh, Terry Hamness. He oh, and I nice. were going to go for a ride. And we wanted to get in almost three hours of riding, and um, I kind of had posted or not posted something, but I um, put it out there to him to just do a basic flat, boring ride. And I wanted to get a little bit of zone two with maybe a couple spurts of tempo stuff in there. And it wasn't sounding fun. And he said he woke up and he had uh, this ride plan. I'm like, well, let's go do it. So we, we did this urban assault. We rode all over Portland. And I got to go ride up um, Red Butte. Rocky Butte. Uh, Rocky Butte. Sorry, Rocky Butte for the first time. I got to go up to Mount Tabor for the first time and actually ride that course. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been there, Matt Lance? Yeah. Uh, 
How come you guys never told me that that's like right in my wheelhouse? Yeah. It's like the perfect yes. distance with the perfect elevation. I'm like, when I am fit and I'm at my fighting weight, that's my jam. Yeah. So I got to get out there and do that. The, the climb on that lap is like right down your alley. Dude, yeah. yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. It's not that year. long of a no. climb. Yeah. So it should be fun to go out there and do that with teammates next year. So yeah, we did, um, gosh, it was like 45 miles out to Portland and saw some cool stuff. and. Got to dodge all the the riffraff on some of those trails. Um, yeah. Looked for Jay's bike, didn't see it, and yeah. yeah, had a good time. So that was my backpedal. That's a lot of backpedal. Yeah. It's a busy week. Yeah. These summer weeks are busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's a fair amount of backpedal. So on that note, you guys kind of heard me complain a little bit in there, huh? Just a tiny bit. So, oops, sorry, getting phone calls here from people. There's Stop nothing phone. to complain about. <laughs> I think the words got out. Call Jake on Mondays it's between such and such a time. Right. Um, anyway, so this past week I've had like gripes and like I've just, they're starting to spill over and we're uh, talking about like, well, what do we want to do for the podcast this week? And I'm like, I got all these like little B rhymes with which <laughs> things to come up with and uh, gripe, gripe session gripe session there you go <laughs> gripe session. but none of them none of them alone are like a full topic and I didn't want to just you know perseverate on the same thing over and over again so I figured we'd have a little gripe session <laughs> and pass it around the table and let us complain for a few minutes and uh, I you know and talk about some stuff. So yeah, people love hearing us complain because <laughs> we never do that. I think I think that's what keeps us rolling, actually, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, the international listeners love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is, yeah. Let's. What's your gripe? My What's number gripe? one gripe, and it's probably on the top of your guys's list too. Drivers who don't think that we belong on the road or have rights on the road. I might, I might have that one on here. <laughs> that just kind of drives me crazy when you hear drivers that that complain or yell at us. I mean, we get yelled at on our bikes quite Daily. often. Uh, basically, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're wearing a cat jersey. I like to, I like to pretend that they're actually... They're meowing angrily at you. I just try to pretend that they're cheering for me the entire time. Yeah. And then it's, you know, I just kind of flip it that way. As long as you're not actually trying to run me off the road, then it's pretty nice, so... I did get meowed at. I didn't get any hisses, though, so... Meowed. Uh, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, I think a dog jersey would be cool, too. Oh, we should do, like, a cats and dogs ride. You gotta have like one or one or the other related jersey. Yeah, those dogs. I'm surprised you didn't get chased by any dogs. That's another thing that we deal with. Oh yeah, there you go. Dogs, man. If I got people's, people's dogs, dogs, another gripe. That's serious. Yeah. That's a quick yeah. yeah. number gripe. two. Yeah. You know what, Lance? You got a good point there. It's I don't understand what's wrong with society. And again, it's not like we are holding people up for that friggin' long. Now, I do have a gripe on my list. And it's not about the driver. It's about the cyclist. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But um, for drivers, it's we have equal rights to the road. We can take a lane. You are dealing with drivers who more times than not do not know the law. They just right. do not know the law and they do not know that. But they think they do. They think they they'll do. tell you yeah. you're supposed to be on the sidewalk. So. That's the law. They'll tell you. They'll sit, they will stop you. You're supposed to be on the sidewalk. That's the law. Like that's the conversation that you have, and you're like, oh. Yeah. So when you guys showed up to the podcast today, you sat down at your seats and you had these little orange um, little pamphlets. Yeah. What you got there, Lance? Uh, it is Washington Bicycle Law Pocket Reference. <laughs> it's all the laws pertaining to bikes on the road in the state of Washington. Now it's it's got most of them. I would say if I went back and compared and contrasted to some of the other laws or some of the other things that come up, they might have a thing or two missing on there. So maybe there's some room for improvement on this, but still it's a cool little thing that's about the size of a business card that you can put into your wallet. And if you need to have a conversation with a motorist at any point in time, whether it be on a bike, whether it be, you know, out at grocery store or just 
just in casual conversation, wherever, you can pull that out and you can show them, listen, you know, you're incorrect. And then you can actually read to them what the law is and then you can give them the code so that they can know that this is not just us making stuff up. And it's not, you know, it's not our opinion. It's the law. Bike riders have the same rights and responsibilities as cars and truck drivers. So we should, I, I just feel like we should just, you know, like you don't want to have a long conversation with some pissed off drivers. I feel like we should just give them this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super hopeful that every ride I'm able just to hand this to some angry, you know, roadie and just, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. So it's, this is Washington bikes. Is it's a, a nonprofit entity. If I'm not mistaken, um, you can check them out at facebook.com forward slash bike W a, um, you can go to their website, which is bike W a dot org. Yes. Dot org. Um, uh, w a bikes. I was looking at the wrong thing. Sorry about that. Um, and they will actually send you one of these little pamphlets for free. They don't ask for, I, and I tried to pay them. I tried to ask them for some money and then they'll even ask you, how many would you like? And I said, you know what? I like some for me and my friends. So they sent me a, like a half dozen of them and uh, you guys all have one now. If you guys um, want to ask for more, feel free. If anybody out there listening wants some of these for Washington, um, by all means, yeah. listen. Now, we this do have a lot of is, people. This is going for, into my flat kid right here. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. We do have yeah. a lot of people from Oregon, though, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure some of the laws in Oregon are different, a little yeah. bit different. And they've actually got some laws that I like even better, like where the, the bike laning extends through extends an intersection. The, intersection. Um, yeah. the, the whole, like, we can treat stop signs like a yield sign now. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping that those things find their way to Washington soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be neat to see if the state of Oregon has something like that. Maybe OBRA can get behind a little initiative of making some little pocketbooks like that. Just to hand cool. out to uh, to that cyclists, so yeah. But I agree with you, Lance. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's gripe number one. I think that's probably agreed. Gripe number one. Evan, gripe for us. All right, on a little bit lighter note here, razor blades that do not have guards. So what? my my arms. <laughs> My arms look like a oh, massacre wait, wait. right now. That's <laughs> because you shaved your freaking arms? Now, now let me tell this story, Lance, <laughs> first, let's, before we jump yeah. to conclusions No, let here. me laugh okay? at this let me, for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, we're going to laugh at you. Let me, let me tell a little story from this weekend. All right, so... <laughs> this is, I know Cassie's listening to this right now, cracking up, because she got to be first wait, witness wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. All it's these, bad wait, too. All these it's, scabs on your arms. You're not even from, seeing the worst. You're not even the seeing razor. the worst, Lance. They're not from I'm, a wreck. Okay, so I, I <laughs> have been, on. I've been shaving my legs and arms now for eight years. Now you would think during that time period, maybe the skill has improved. Maybe he's gotten a little bit better need, at doing it. You might it. need to post some pictures of this because they <laughs> look like crash. They look like, a, so, like you were in a bad accident. So I, I got. Some some razors. I'm not even gonna say the company. The razors. They did not have guards, and I was in a rush oh. on, I believe, Thursday evening, late Thursday evening, <laughs> and I'm thinking I have not shaved my legs since my previous race. It's like before I go, you know, to bed here. It's time to shave them tonight because I don't like shaving the night, you know, the day before races because I believe in that cycling superstition yeah, that, that you do not a, shave that's, before that's, it's legit races. No, no, it's a very real thing. Yeah. So I get in the shower. Put on the shaving cream. In the future, I'm gonna use conditioner. I think. I think that's my first gripe. This is way shaving. Past the- shaving cream was not a good was not a good surface. So, oh. um, my arms are a little bit bony right now. When I get down to raceway, my arms get bony, and I did not appreciate the angles to certain oh. bones very well. As I was rushing, rushing through 
I took probably more skin than I did hair at points. Okay, uh. so this is tough because this is a podcast. This looks like you. Like, I thought you wrecked. I thought it looked like a. So, I thought I assumed it was a wreck. So, I, I kept thinking like we need a back. We oh missed no. your, I missed something for the there back. Was, there the there was no wrecking. I rode the bike very smoothly. I did sure? not shave very smoothly. Are you sure you didn't buy a cheese grater? And- <laughs> that is literally what it felt like. That's going what it looks off. like, man. So once I had gotten started, I don't know why I didn't stop and just reassess and be like, let's use some conditioner or maybe slow down here a second. Something. I decided that's a little cut. Now keep going. We're good. Okay, there's another little cut. All of a sudden, I am bleeding all over this shower. And when I say bleeding all over, I mean like roughly what I picture a murder scene would look like. And it's warm water. I assume I'm just going to continue to gripe and blame altitude. I think I bled a ton because altitude just hates me. And... I am now. You needed that blood. That's why you didn't swim well. You <laughs> lost too much blood. <laughs> that was that was going to be the joke. I can't even blame it on that. But that's so. I put blood into you, not let it come I out. Know. Of you. Come on, man. I have not cut myself like this shaving in literally like years. I don't know what was going on, and I'm sitting there just in a pool full of blood. I'm like, oh, oh boy, this is going to be a rough night. I had to put on like eight band aids. I had to like mop myself up with a towel and leave it there. Blood uh. on the sheets that night. Honestly, the woman who had to come, like I tried to organize everything as much as I could. The poor woman who had to come in and clean or just grab the sheets because I had cleaned up all the blood. I had to grab the sheets. Probably thought I killed somebody. Yeah. Like I'm probably on a wanted list in Boulder, Colorado right now. Uh, housekeeping, can you send up the hazmat team, please? I know, seriously. <laughs> and call the police. <laughs> so... You got the wrong razors or something like it, it was just something. a combination of poor form. I think. Did you poor form bad razors? Did you trim it down with like I did? You, that that's the bad part is I even trimmed it down before. Trimmed it down and then you went and when you went over it with an actual. I mean, you can use the same razor you use on your face. Yeah, I didn't. I that's I, what I, I got used. some other razors. I should have. The razors didn't have guards. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Man. Live and learn, young buck. I wow. know. Yeah, just whatever you're using on your face, just use it on this your would legs be like, and arms. This would be a funnier story if it's like, oh, this is the first time. No, I've been doing this for like years. What yeah. happened? And remember, there, you know, our, our our loyal podcast listeners will know uh-huh. this, but remember, you used to go like no dry. water, like yeah. dry shave, dry. Still not as bad as this. No, I used to never cut myself back when I did that. I think that's it. Maybe I've gotten too soft. I need to go back to just dry, dry shaving. I'm embarrassed for you, Evan. I need to buy. I need to. So anybody wants to comment on the podcast, please send me a message on what's the best women's razor because I feel like you don't don't need a women's razor. You don't? No. I normal. Whatever you're. What do you shave with? Like a Gillette five or something. like that? I think I basically. I think I had the Bix for this time around. Whatever, they'll be fine. They just need a guard. I would say like no anything that you use on your face. A Mach 19, 19 blades and and a a foot long guard. Your your (laughs) face is much more sensitive than your arms and your legs. Yeah, and you can use that razor just the same, and it's got like little conditioners or like little like preparatory things, a little strip that'll kind of raise the hair up before it comes over. That's what I've used for years, and as a matter of fact, my wife like I feel like I've used those in the past. Fine, that's what she uses as well. So. Dude, I'm sorry. It was that rough. Is a, that is a great story. It was so rough. <laughs> so yes, story. my gripe <laughs> is that they so, should not even be able to sell razor blades without guards. No, they really shouldn't. <laughs> so Lance, you're going back to Vegas where they're definitely going to talk about shaving. Yep. Now, your legs are already shaved. They are already shaved. What are they going to say about that? They, uh, I feel like you're breaking the rules. Yeah, what will happen is during the month of December and January, I will have to let my leg hair grow I, out. Those in arms the, are still looking pretty hairy. 
I've never shaved my help? arms. Okay, I <laughs> no. think that I no. think for you, <laughs> stay away. From okay, me. if anyone listens from the um, the group, his Lance's group for the um, you know football league, I would say like he should shave his arms instead of legs because he's gonna shave his legs anyway. I'm gonna shave my legs. arms. <laughs> you guys have converted me, unfortunately. Or shave his head or something. Like make make it like <laughs> wait. That'd be pretty funny, Matt. You can shut up now. <laughs> I think arms and head. I vote arms and head too. <laughs> yeah. No, because it, it was waxing. It wasn't shaving. Ooh, right? wax his head. Wax the so arms, yeah. <laughs> waxing my head. How about the chest? Wax my chest. How's the Ooh, waxing your chest oh, might be fun. Kelly Clarkson moment there, yeah. Okay. Matt, you got a grab for us? I'm going to bring it back to cars, man. I feel like <laughs> cars are the enemy, and we need to establish, like, uh, Jake is way too nice on this podcast. He's always like, you know what, guys? Like, cars... You know, we're working together. We live together. No, they are. They, are the, <laughs> they like. I am so sick of going on. Like, I feel like when I started biking, you know, I got yelled at while he was on the ground. Too. I got. I got yelled <laughs> at when I was. I was laying on the ground with my holding my shoulder, and some car comes by and just gave it to us. Like, what are you yeah. guys doing on the on the road? Like, oh my gosh, cars are the enemy. So let's start there. <laughs> but but in Carr's defense, there was a nice couple that stopped and asked if we were yeah, okay. That's true. No, they could have been cyclists though. S- some some people in cars are nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So I my gripe is like not giving three feet when they pass. Like it really bugs me when people pass too close. Yeah, that is going to be a, a, a three feet a, law. A three foot law in in Washington. I think it's on January in yeah. January. It Unfortunately, won't, it won't matter. You're not supposed to harass cyclists. But, You're not supposed to. Yeah, but. Now, with everybody having cameras on their bikes, yeah. I, th- I think, think we should be able to submit that information or that, that footage and show right. them, like, this car was Broke this close. Law. And they should be able to figure out how close that person was. And we should be able to be, catch their license plate. I've done it quite a few times. Yeah. And yeah. Submit that. It, it, but then, you know, what really needs to happen is the word needs to get out that you can get in trouble if you do this. Yes. But that's, that's never going to happen because they – so I think the things that actually work are, like – commercial campaigns and you need to probably you know drop your commercial on you know um late night info- super bowl infomercial channels <laughs> right i don't know what people are that, watching i've, I've heard this pretty cheap airtime right yeah I <laughs> yeah i don't know i think that's the kind of stuff that gets the word out versus like changing the law that's great and then people are still going to do it people are going to pass right. close well we already know how well motorists know the law so yes right right um, i mean yeah i think i think it also comes down to i mean if that's if it's going to be a law, it needs to actually be enforced. It's just like blowing red lights. Yeah. When they put up stop, you know, like when, when you see a traffic camera, yeah. Yeah. how many people less blow lights? I don't yeah. know stat on that. I'm sure it's yeah. less because, yeah. you know, you can get a ticket. The other thing that I think, you know, like if you have, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of like if there was a campaign or something like that, that's not out of our wheelhouse as far as, you know, we have a very large cycling team. We have a large community in this area that bikes. There are certain routes that I think that we kind of tend to do. I could see us putting out signs like the three, there's a new three foot law, blah, 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 blah. The rack route. We could probably, yeah, I mean, like, that's what I'm thinking. Mostly because the rack route, right? Well, it's just like, then, you know, you know, you're biking on a route that people have potentially seen a sign that says there's a new law, there's this three feet law, whatever it is, you know, and people are going to take baseball bats to those signs, but like we could theoretically do something like that. Sure. Yeah, I I think that that's a great idea. Yeah, maybe we pick those routes because they generally have fewer cars. That's yeah. why we head we that try. direction. Yeah. But I, then I like I like to think most people driving cars have no ill intent towards cyclists. I like to think most. Of it. Correct. Most. Definitely most. I think most people do their best to get around cyclists as best they can in this region from what I've seen. I think the main issue is there are that 5% or whatever 
that will do things that are so aggressive and dangerous that it's it's terrifying. Yeah. And I think, un- unfortunately, the only way that those people are going to stop is through harsh penalties. Because I don't think them being like, oh, well, dude, I'm supposed to give them three feet? You mean that's a human being on that bicycle? Like, that's yeah. not just going to be something they wake up and realize one day. Yeah. Their entire life has led to behavior that puts other people's lives at risk. It's those Those people are far gone. There is... A dude who's going to throw an open McDonald's thing of ice at a cyclist's head is not going to be able to talk down from that level of aggression. Right. Yeah. As yeah. much as I would love to say that they could be, those are the people that, if that happens and it's caught on camera, a very stiff penalty is the only way that that's going to get solved. Yeah. I don't disagree. <laughs> Jake, great for us. Um, all right. Put yourself in this situation. We're all on a bike ride. And I'm in the very back and you hear me yell, car back. What do you do? <laughs> you move to the right. Sprint around, right. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and Get out of the road. If we're riding in a group ride and there's, say, 15, 20, 30 of us, and you hear, car back, what do you do? Squeeze it right. You get over. You get over. You get out of the road. Because <laughs> you know what that car wants to do? It wants to come around us. And you know what we don't want to do? Piss them off even more. Yeah. So the last few group rides I've been on, um, I've noticed that, that I've got my radar Pops up, car's back there. Hey, got to tell the group, car back. I yell yeah. that. They don't do it. They, they hear it. Over, yeah. They don't do anything. Yell it again. Car back. A little bit louder. Still don't do anything. Third time, I get a whistle. I'll whistle at them because I can whistle pretty freaking loud. Car back, move over. And they still aren't getting over because they're too busy in their conversations. And like one guy's riding on the fog line and the other guy's riding out in the lane. Now, yes, can we do that? Yeah, we can. But... Is it on us to, you know, at least get over? Mm-hmm. And I think we're supposed to um, when it's safe to do so. We're supposed yes, to. Right. Yeah. We can ride two abreast if we want to, but we should move or get over or put ourselves in a situation where that car can easily pass us. And that's another thing. If we're not getting over, that person is going to either get aggressive or they're going to have to take a chance to try and get around mm-hmm. us because they don't use their brain cells. And all of a sudden now they're putting the whole group dynamic at risk and somebody potentially could get hit. Yeah. I, I really want people to understand this. When you hear the words "get uh, car back, get over, fall in single file line, it only takes a second for us to do that. Then you can mm-hmm. go back, especially if you're on a country road, to ride into a rest and carry up your conversation. Let that car go by. Do that, yep. please. And give you them know, a wave if you have the time to. You know, and especially if we're riding on a busy road. Should we be riding two abreast? Well, if the bike lane is wide and it permits it, sure. But if it's a narrow bike lane where it's just comfortable for one person to ride by, let's just try and ride single file until we get yeah. somewhere where it's a little bit safer. I can think of just like the fog hat ride that we did this past week. We're riding on, and nobody knows this, but it's a road called Lake, and it's, it's a you know fairly yeah. busy two-lane road. Mm-hmm. And we've got one person riding, again, close to the white fog line, and I've got another person riding out in the lane. And we've effectively just taken a lane away from traffic. Now, there's another one to pass there, but that's still going to piss motorists off. And yeah. if, they show, uh, if we show them that we can have good manners out there, we can have good yeah. etiquette, I think that they will hopefully start to reciprocate that or at least have less to complain about with us. So mm-hmm. when we do bring it up to them like, hey, you know, you got to give us three feet. You got to stop buzzing us. You got to get off your phone. When we're asking all these things of them. We need to be doing the same thing. Yeah. So. Right. And let, let me argue that. Oh, boy. Argue away, Matt. Because this is tough, right? Because you've ridden with me a ton of times, sure. right? And I'm pretty good. I get over as, you know, as much as possible. I do think that potentially there's some positives to taking the lane. It, it, yes, there take, is. Take the lane. And so here's the thing. Um, I feel like I watched a video about this at some point or whatever it was. You ride 
almost so you know if you take the lane right you're taking the lane so the car can't pass until theoretically they're going to have to pass you like a car like they would pass a car yes so then they're going to theoretically pass you know when it's safe to pass right so they're going to have to slow down behind you look for an opportunity to pass move into the opposite lane they're not going to try and squeeze in while another car comes in because as soon as they start to squeeze in with you the cyclist you're potentially getting run off the road Right. Correct. They're, I mean, they're not going to put themselves in danger and go into a car that's moving on the other side of the lane. You're getting pushed off. I mean, that's the opportunity for, you know, us to I, I just worry that, like, I don't actually follow this. I don't typically take the lane. I typically try to stay over and let cars pass and I try and wave and I try and wave cars through. But I do see the benefit to taking the lane and saying, like, not safe for them to pass, not safe for them to pass. OK, now safe for them to pass, you know that's when they need to actually move all the way into the other lane. Like they're passing a car. Like we are potentially like a vehicle, you know, as the law states, like we are a vehicle on the road pass us like we're a vehicle on the road. And I don't think a vehicle gets too upset when they have to pass a slower moving vehicle. They try to do so safely so they don't hit oncoming traffic. I, I just don't know if, I, I, I agree with all of the things that you said when we, ha you know, when someone's yelling like, Hey, move over, we should be listening and get over at the same time. I do think that there's a place in time for taking the lane. Absolutely. My, my example was there's yeah. a two lane road. We've got a big, relatively big bike lane and we've got room, plenty of room for us to ride single. Like if it's a, like a kind of more of like a country road and it's not a safe place for the car to pass us and we stay too abreast to, to keep that person from passing right. us on a in a spot where it's like cur dangerous curves or yep. you know you can't see them or you got double mm -hmm. yellow lines for a reason yeah take the lane until it's free like you create a situation where you know you can get back into single file where they can safely pass and get around you i am guessing this and i'm not positive but i would say this for for myself for sure i probably don't take the lane enough. And I'm guessing that all a lot of us here at the table are like that. Like we tend to get over and almost, I wouldn't say encourage unsafe passes, but I mean, that's, we, we tend to err on the side of getting over and getting away from cars. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do. And I don't know the answer. I think, I think you, you, you kind of do make a good point there, Matt. I think everybody at the table's been riding long enough to be very comfortable with cars coming by you. Yep. And I know at least for myself, because I was very used to riding in rural Ohio where cars would go by me at 65 miles an hour yeah. and pretty much buzz me. I, I just got very used to it. Like I never would even get mad about it. It was just typical. But I do think when we're talking about, especially the fog hat ride, Jake, we got some new riders on there that maybe aren't as used to sure, cars right. buzzing by you. Right. So that is more of a scary experience when you haven't, that's not a, you know, a weekly experience for you all the mm -hmm. time. So yeah, I guess our maybe... Better. Those new riders, though, I typically keep an eye on them on purpose mm -hmm. and help them. They're they're not the ones. It's yeah, the more not. comfortable seasoned riders. They're, like no, I'm no, just no excuse. Conversation then. Yeah, no excuse then. Yeah, yeah. I th I don't know. Because I, I can understand a new rider feeling like, oh god, I really don't want to squeeze all the way over to the right. You know, because I mean, that's it's a little scary riding right on the yeah, you know, edge of the road. If there. you don't yeah. have as strong a control, it's hard to ride mm -hmm. like right on that line. Yeah. I know? mean, like I've I've literally had to put my hand on a car before yeah. being basically on the you know on the line on, on the shoulder. And, so again, yeah. to go back, my point was this: the example that I'm giving, it was perfectly fine, perfectly safe for us to have a single file situation. It made no sense for us right. to try and take the yeah. lane. 
Um, even if we had ridden single file and stayed in the lane, they're going to be passing us by more than three feet. Yet yeah. we were riding in a situation where we were one person pretty much fog line, the other person in the lane, and that's going to piss people off. Yeah, that's not no helping excuse. us solve problems. No, so no excuse for that. I think there is a bit of responsibility on us to do the right thing, and that's that's kind of what my point was. Is sure when we can get over, we should. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what the law states in terms of like if you can get over to let somebody safely pass you, you should. Yeah. Right. When it's I safe agree. to pass. Yeah. When it's yep. safe to pass. Agreed. But you know, if I'm riding through my neighborhood and the speed limit is 25 miles an hour and I'm going 25 miles an hour, I'm taking the lane every time Guaranteed. and I still get passed by it's in those yeah. situations. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> why is it that just like Z bike must pass bike, even though I'm going 25, 26 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour speed limit. I just yeah. don't get that. I don't think I ever will. I agree. Work. I think if you catch somebody doing incredibly dangerous things, take away the license for a week, got to ride a bicycle. Yeah. We can even start renting bicycles out. I will even <laughs> donate a bicycle so that can become a thing. You know, so you get more people having to commute to work. In the same breath of what I just had to say too, when you hear car back and in, it's like a situation where you just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take the lane, have a conversation with your fellow cyclists and ask them like, what, what was the, the purpose of right. taking the lane there? Let's, let's talk and communicate this so that we can all be on the same page and we can be better educated as to what the, the rationale behind our decisions are. So that's probably on yeah. me to, to I think go that's up and talk fair if it's like, no, we're taking the lane for safety. Like that's, yep. you can almost like, you know, like if you and I were riding, you know, we could say that like, Hey, let's take the lane. This is not a safe time sure. for this car to pass. Sure. Yeah. And just, and we'd probably try to communicate with the car a little bit. I mean, I always, that's been my new thing. Maybe the past like three or four years, it's just been like, I know there's a car back there. Like I'll t- almost kind of be like, now's a good time to pass. Like yeah. mm-hmm. communicate yeah. with them. And I, I don't know if I that's good that, or not. I did that several times no, I on that the fog the hat ride. Fog hat if ride. I'm at the back of the, you're just kind of be and like, I'm at the back and I'm looking, go, you know, and okay, it's clear to pass. I'm waving that yep. car on. Just yep. come around all of us. We, this is a good spot for you to come around. And yeah. I just don't want, you know, what we're trying to do by, by riding single file or getting over is to not frustrate the people right. with the short fuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want, you want that about a three to four second right. car back, get over. Yeah. They don't have five seconds to spare. Their yeah. day is so busy on Saturday at 1130 AM. But yeah. you know, on the <laughs> other side, same thing. If I'm riding at the speed limit or above it, I take the lane. Yeah. Or above it. That's your danger. <laughs> oh, Sorry, if, I'm, danger. if I'm, if I'm descending, if I'm descending, I will take the, like oh, when yeah. I, when I descend yeah. large, I'll take that entire lane. I don't yep. want people even risking it because half the time, if they pass you, you're going to catch up to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, you passing me on this winding descent on a double yellow is putting definitely your life at risk more than mine. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have no idea if there's another car coming that direction and we're going 45 miles an hour right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Right. You're, you're what going to go five miles an hour faster than that? Maybe get down the hill three seconds quicker. Yep. Lance, give us another gripe. Um, my biggest gripe at the moment with my riding is uh, my muffin top. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't seem to get rid of it. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, yeah, that's not serious. Um, <laughs> no, we can we can get really. Everybody's got one gripe about how they look. <laughs> go. <laughs> I just. I just carry around a little bit of extra weight around my middle and maybe it throws people off a little bit because I can still ride pretty hard. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still packing some extra pounds, but think of it as your descending weight. It's my descending there weight. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's that's it. That's it. <laughs> Evan, what's another one, bud? I've got a I've got an in race gripe about oh. people who are on the bike courses during an Ironman. Okay. Now this is Boulder, Colorado. You there mean, like, are spectators. No, no, no. These are people on their bike rides because it's Boulder, so everybody's going for a oh, ride, uh, which uh, is uh, awesome. That is why Boulder, Colorado, is a non-participant, non-participant. Yes. Gotcha. 
one of the coolest things about Boulder is the number of people who ride bicycles there. It is maybe even more than Portland. It is, I mean, yeah, percentage wise, I'm sure you're, you're talking about two of the best places for biking in the world, the Portland, Vancouver area and Boulder, in my opinion. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, those are two of the best for recreational riding. Um, I am fine with people being on the course on the day of an Ironman. That's fine. That is absolutely fine. But uh, there was a descent on that course mm-hmm. where it was kind of important to make up time because it was not a tough bike course, but there were fast sections and you needed to get some speed. And I was going to take risks because I'm dumb. So I decided that they, they had coned us off to the shoulder on this descent because it was on a highway. And the cars were being very respectful, actually. The cars were even getting over when they didn't need to, yeah. which was great. There was a group of cyclists that I had to pass. Now, granted... And they're not in the race. They're just out for a ride. No. Yeah. And I am at the back of the men's field yeah. at this time. Now, I think at this point, I was maybe f- this fifth or sixth from last. But the women's leader, Sky, was with me basically the entire... Actually, basically the entire bike ride. She, she was with me. So she's behind me with her moto lead. Yeah. Now that moto lead has to come up next to me. I am touching close to 50 at this point <laughs> in a full tuck on my top tube. Should not have been on the top tube, but I was taking risks. Really tucked in. There are three guys on their road bikes out in front of us, literally like S curving on this shoulder. There going is downhill? Cl- downhill. There is clearly a race going on. It's not like we're just sneaking up on them. There's signs every like two yeah. miles. And there's people with numbers on their bikes and helmets cruising uh, by too. About a hundred and fi- and and I know that this is like the profile, so they've probably only seen a couple people go by at this point. I am about 150 yards back, yelling "Get right!" At this point, I was like passing on your left, "Get right!" And they're not going to. I have cones to my left. I have to look back, make sure there's not a car there. Swerve, swerve back. They were maybe going 20 miles an hour downhill. I don't know if they were riding their brakes or what. But me swerve through the cones to get out into the lane, yeah, and then come back at 50 miles an hour. At 50 miles an hour, holy crap! Otherwise, I was gonna have to slam on those brakes so dangerously that there was a chance the sky was gonna come right on my back. And my fear was like, I'm gonna ruin the women's race if I don't do this pass right. What did she do? I didn't look back, but I assumed she had to do something similar because those guys did not get over, they were riding two abreast going downhill. Do you think it was intentional? I have no idea. I don't think so. I just don't think they were paying the attention. Motor, maybe the motor pacer could have just been like, the, I'm going to plow you over if you don't get get over. The motor pace, I'm sure, I'm sure the motor pace had had time, but the problem is we came up a climb before. Yeah. So you come up a climb, take a hard right, and then you're going downhill Bombing fast. Down. And I'm not sure if the moto really had time to assess like, oh crap, there's you know three road cyclists chilling uh, on the shoulder out here. But yeah, that was, if you are ever on a, triathlon bike course and you're going for a ride that's great i love that everybody's out on their bicycles be aware that there's a race going on at that time and people time trialing aren't sitting there thinking super clear at that moment so you're gonna need to be careful scary (laughs) matt you got another one for us yeah you know what i don't like i don't like when like you know you're at a stoplight or something and and people roll down the window and ask you how much your bike costs (laughs) (laughs) i don't i mean you just say more than your car i don't (laughs) That's that's the right answer. Uh, that's the that's always the right answer. But I'm always like, you know, I, I'm always like, well, I kind of got the frame used, and then I got this part, and you know, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's such a weird question. Do you guys ever get that? Yeah, 
I don't. I, I've had people ask me about that. I don't think anybody's ever rolled down their window and said, "Hey, how much yeah. does your bike cost?" Yeah, I, I don't I've think had that multiple that, times. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. So Are you going ridiculous. to rob me if I tell you how it's, much this bike costs? It's the time trial bike thing because it's, it's, a, it's the time trial bike. It's thing. a it's yeah. a less common bike to see. Quite, so it, I can kind of understand looks, the question. It looks. I mean, it does look more expensive. Yeah, they do time yeah. trial bikes. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they look like they're from outer space, man. I've had that question asked to me. It's usually like you don't want to know. No. Yeah. No. I can I can see that. Mine is. Shimano, you guys need to get your friggin' act together with your DI2 Bluetooth Bluetooth wireless transmitter. The way that that interfaces with the app sucks. So it it's just if you want to make any changes to it, go plug it into a system. And that's the other thing; it only works with PCs. I haven't owned a PC since yeah. 2000. I've been on a Mac since literally since the year they, 2000. It's time they need to have done that by now. Yeah, it's like come on, man. Thing. So my whole bike got bricked because of freaking their their app not working. And I don't know if it was like a communication. And I had my phone on airplane mode, but it's still bricked. And you're supposed to. And that's, that's the other thing. You're supposed to put it on airplane mode in order to do this Bluetooth transmission with your bike so that you don't get any other communications that can disrupt that process. Because the smallest little thing will cause it to hang up. If it hangs up, it bricks your entire system. Nowhere. On any Shimano like <laughs> literature, does it say put your phone on Bluetooth? And that's or the reason phone. why I did that is because the first time I did it, when I first got that little unit and I put it in there so that I could wirelessly communicate with my phone and I could update the firmware and I could wirelessly connect it with my uh, Garmin head unit so I could you know change screens and see what's going on with my bike, which is kind of cool. I mean, those little functions are cool. I, I got a text when I was updating the firmware and it bricked my bike. I had to actually drive because I didn't have this this device that you needed to plug the actual battery into because you need their e-tube thing to plug into it that goes mm-hmm. into a little handheld device that you can do all the firmware updates that plugs into the computer. I didn't have that. I had to drive 20 miles to a shop who wanted to charge me $50 to plug in my battery and hit firmware update on my battery. And I even looked at those guys. I'm like, really? That took you three minutes, and you're going to charge me fifty bucks? And I'm like, that's what it's listed at. And they ended up like knocking it down to thirty bucks for me. But still, I had to waste like an like an hour. They and charged half of my you time. thirty bucks for that. Yes. Like if you came to me and I didn't know you from anybody, and you told me what happened, I'm like, dude, come here. I here, let me do this for you. Oh I know it's about sucks. Yeah. Have a good day. You don't charge that person for that. That's neither here nor there. I won't make mention of the the bike shop. I was going to ask, but I know that you're not going to divulge that. No. So that's that's embarrassing. Um, yeah. But um, anyhow, it, it, that their, their whole little system needs to change. And um, I have loved riding on Shimano Durace for the past, God, I don't even know how many years now. It's been a long time. I may or may not have bought a new bike this week, you guys. <laughs> that is and coming it's with, not Shimano, is it's it? It's not Shimano. It's going to oh. be this RAM, Access Red. <laughs> yes, it is. E-Tap, yes. yeah. So it's it's coming. Um, if, it, my bike, by the way, it's 100% back on track. I was able to plug it in and get it all up to date. And uh-huh. I've broken the whole thing. I'm going to be breaking the whole thing down this week and doing like a full like detail on it. And it's going to have some new, new love on it, some new little parts and pieces and whatnot. And it'll be going up for sale. It's only six months old. So if anybody wants a new 58 centimeter BMC T-Machine SLR disc. It's a beautiful um, bike. It is a sweet bike. And the firmware is up to date too. Do you wanna, <laughs> it's got updated firmware. Updated from, do you want to talk about the new bike or you want to save that for another it's podcast? It's the exact same bike, um, just a, year, a model year newer with the SRAM Access Red E-Tap on it. So, wow. Good choice. Yeah. Very good choice. One, one by or you went two? I'm two buying it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I think that's fair. Not quite ready for that one by step yet. I need a little bit more gear ratio. So, Speaking of gear ratio, I need to get a new cassette. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And before I, I like I, mine right now, but I need a climbing cassette. Yeah. yeah. Before I pass this on to Lance, I'm going to throw one more little tidbit out there. Garmin, your firmware updates suck too. Yeah. <laughs> get your act together. 
I can always second a, that Garmin one. Yes. Always a problem. I love Garmin, but whenever their firmware updates come out, I don't know what it is about me. I think I always get the short end of the stick. There's always something where I've got to call them and then they've got to walk me through a process and we've got to go in and look at some files and either add or delete something. You know, I had to do the same thing with a brand new 530 that was having problems connecting with the uh, the satellites. Like when we were out there on that rack ride, you know, I lost connection with all yeah, the satellites right. for like 15 miles or whatever it was. Um, and then all of a sudden it decided it wanted to find them again, but it was because of a corrupt file and I had to spend like 45 minutes on the phone and getting somebody on the phone and then finally Finding we got it. that figured out. So it was all You know good. what's worse is they have this Garmin updater app yeah. that updates all the time. It updates itself. I don't, no one uses that app. Like you might use it like once a month or sure. less and like it updates probably every other day. It's horrible. Garmin, like look at your update schedule, like only update if they're critical issues or whatever you need to do. Like just look at your schedule and schedule stuff a little bit more intelligently, like with that particular application, as well as all of your, you know, computers. Like if they're minor stuff or whatever, hold off for major updates. Like they, they shouldn't be required. Yeah. You're an app guy. I mean, yep. what's the likelihood of something going wrong when you're transferring that data? I mean, just one little tiny piece of that getting corrupted. Right. Is that, is that, that's that so highly likely so or there's, the two different issues, corrupt file within Garmin, you know, that's sure that's an issue that you could see like, you know, they could handle it differently probably, but you know, if you're you're looking at something and it's trying to read this file and it doesn't know how to do it, it's freaking out, right? So yeah. there's that. So then but then the update part is slightly different. You know, having any of this wireless communication stuff is really tricky because it can fail for like tons of different reasons yeah. and you have to handle all those failures differently. But that's part of software development. And whether that's Garmin or Shimano or whoever, like they should probably be able to figure this stuff out. Just handle your errors, handle your errors correctly. Don't brick a device when you have an yeah. error, right? So a lot of it would be like, okay, you know, hold on to the entire operating system until we've completely downloaded the new operating system and then wipe the old operating system. If there's a problem and we run into one of these 10 errors, you know, whatever it is, you know, then just go back with the old operating system. Say that we didn't, you know, have that install go correctly or whatever. You're still able to ride your bike. Sure. So definitely different ways to handle errors, you know, and then the, the question would be like, okay, well, you're going to keep hitting the same errors potentially, you know, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe it has to do with the wireless transmission. Depends on what the error is, whether or not the next time the update would work. So who knows The I think what a lot of people don't realize is like when you do any of the wireless communication, there's just so many errors because it's basically a three-way communication. It's like, yes, I sent this. Did you get it? Yes, I sent it. Yes, you got it. And so it's each time you send any packet of information, it's basically like three little handshakes. Yeah. So it's a lot of, of detail and it just can fail for a whole bunch of different reasons. Would you say whenever possible, plug in a device and do it that way instead of doing it Bluetooth or wirelessly? I would say I would look at the errors you know, that people are having. You want to report those errors. So then you have a collection of millions of people sure. that have had these errors. And you want to look at all those and you want to say, these are failing because of Bluetooth. All right, we need to just do wired connections. Or these are failing because you know our software developer put some bug in there and it shouldn't have been in there and that's why it's failing. It doesn't have anything to do with Bluetooth, right? Like Bluetooth is a pretty established, you know, communications protocol. But then so you know, if that's the error, then it's like, okay, well then we need to tighten up our development standards, you know, like we're seeing these bugs that we're introducing. Okay, well, we gotta we gotta fix that. We gotta have a tighter testing protocol. So it just depends on the situation. And if you have enough data, which Shimano does, um, then they should be able to correct that. And they sh hopefully they're reporting on some of these errors. Like if you have an error, you know, you get the error message on your phone. That error should be kicked up to Shimano and say like, we need to know about these errors so that yeah. we can fix them in the future or avoid them in the future. Gotcha. Gotcha. So who knows? 
Lance, gripe at us. Um, I'm, I think I'm done with my gripes. My only other gripes are creaky bike parts. Yeah. I've been dealing with the noisy bottom bracket this week, and I'm just turning my music up to ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> smart. How old is your... How old is your bottom bracket? Uh, it's brand new. <laughs> it's brand, brand new. new. I, I can't we figure just it out. We put it in. We can't figure I, it out. It's got Loctite on it. it was a, well, yeah, yeah. It was man. pretty dirty in there. It's and we popped. It. Yeah, no, no, it's Pressfit. It's Pressfit. It's kind of typical of Pressfit. Pressfit's kind of hit and miss, and yeah, I know. it's infamous, infamous with its creaking, and that's why I love the BB Infinite setup, and I think that that's Lance's next step. Yeah, so that's our we'll, next step. We'll get one of those ordered for you ASAP, buddy. Evan, you got any more gripes over there? Razor Boy? Hmm. <laughs> Razor Technology. Speedo Boy? I don't know. Technology. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's fair. Uh, no, no, I got, I got no more gripes. All right, man. Yeah. You got any more gripes? You look I like get, you got a decent list. I got a huge on. list, but, yeah. you know, I can, I can, I can, what, did Lance say headphones? Yeah, headphones. <laughs> I said, listen to me. I said, turn my music up. Yeah, I did on your say headphones. That. With his AirPods, yep. I don't, I, so in particular, if you're running on a single track trail and someone has headphones in front of you, I find oh, that yeah, super terrible. annoying. Yeah. yeah, and then you come around them and you scare the absolute crap out of yeah. them. They jump out of their shorts. And, and like, then and then they act like you did something to them yeah. instead yeah. of them just being I've been blessed. yelling at you for like <laughs> 10 seconds, like <laughs> on your left. There are other human beings in the world. I'm yeah. sorry to. <laughs> so Lance, be careful with your headphones. Yes, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Got a few more that you just want to rifle at us? Drugs and sport. I would I would love to see race directors get on the drug testing bandwagon. Yep. Just yep. brought that up before, and Make I don't it, think that yeah. that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Make it random. Do you know? Just scare some people. Just scare them. Test. Say you're going to test and don't do it. Whatever. I don't care. But Does like, it surprise you that Obra, who uses or basically follows all of the USAC cycling's drug, um, you know, testing protocol and all that stuff? When they don't follow it, but they abide by all the the sanctions and the the rules and all that other stuff. But they don't test at all. I think they could. What's What's interesting about Obra is I think the people that belong to Obra actually read the emails that they send out. So they could send out one message to be like, "We're going to drug test this year." <laughs> that would be hilarious. They don't have to do anything. Send yeah. out one email. Just like, "We're going to drug test this year." You're not going to win. You're yeah. not going right. to. It's going to be random. You're not going to know who. Yeah. I feel like that would be enough to, for people to be yeah. like, "Eh, I'm not. I'm not going to risk it." Yeah. You know, I can. Like, I can add a gripe to that. Yeah. People in their 40s who do endurance sports, yeah. men specifically, yep. who go to their doctor, tell them that they're feeling tired and low energy yeah. Yeah. and get themselves testosterone and yeah. then race knowing that they're taking testosterone and pretend like that's okay in any world. Yeah, well, I mean, that they're, is, they're telling themselves that they have a problem and that yeah. they should be on testosterone. It's blatant cheating. So you're telling me all I have to do is go to my doctor and tell them, yep. my wife, my wife doctor won't let me do it. She no. Give me on the T. because your wife's a good doctor. <laughs> tied up. Does Kristen have any openings? Can I schedule an appointment with her? <laughs> let's, get, let's get all no, teed up. If you're taking, in, in my opinion, Ed, I just hate shortcuts in general. That's why, do you guys remember the little EPO boost thing? I uh, was advertising in all the cycling magazines yeah, for a little in, bit. They're still in some of those magazines. magazines. Those guys should all be arrested. Every single one of them who so put that out to the amateur racing world. I have no it's, idea. It's it, not real. They just, it's probably, they're probably putting like saline in a yeah. bottle and they're like, and this is make your EPO go up. In that like, case, that in that case, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's oh. Actually more power to them if they literally just put a placebo into a bottle no, and the, we're like, here you idiots, buy EPO boost. It's not real. I mean. No, well, I know that obviously it's not EPO, but it was supposed right. to be some like natural boost for it. I don't care if it war- like it technically works or not. I do believe in placebo effects. Absolutely. Oh, sure. But if you are the person purchasing that you you're walking this this line like there's lines to walk yeah. and if your goal is to get onto the other side of that line without actually being on that other side legally you're still on the other side of the line in my opinion that's like getting a testosterone See, thing where like oh th- th- this will be legal for six months so make sure you take a lot of this right now yeah. is that any better than the person going and just see i doping? disagree with you i think 
that so you know so like caffeine right like caffeine's a performance yeah. enhancer yeah so there's all these things right where it's like so so my ketones. line in the sand ketones, ketones. I, don't I don't like know. it yeah another, yeah another ketone. topic right ketones now. are very hot yeah. right now are they yeah. hot i don't know they i don't are. even know about them but like they're hot right now beet yeah. juice like i feel like we yeah. all, well, I, I don't know if evan does it but like we've all done beet juice right like that's just i feel like i don't want to pee red you don't want to pee red. You're, you're gonna, you want to red. You want to bleed. You want to bleed red though. I want to. I want to bleed red, and I want to race off of bread and water. So, <laughs> I, here's my here's my theory. No power meter. No, no. power meter. My, I want my, everybody to race on steel bikes, with bread and water. I think the line in the <laughs> sand should be crap out of here. I think the line in the sand should be the rules, like whatever the rules are. Like, yeah. they, if they make testosterone legal, then fair game. Like, then Evan can be on testosterone. And if I race him, then that's fair. He's abiding yeah. by the rules when we're racing. I think like, I that's think what I think the, it should be. In the, and I'm not going to include myself in the top end professional world by any means. I think in the professional world, it's different. When you have teams around supporting, these guys are putting their bodies to max levels of effort. Yeah. If they decided for the safety of riders in the Tour de France, we were going to legalize testosterone and other mm-hmm. recovery pharmaceuticals, and all teams have access to them, then yes, I believe that is fair at the professional level. I do have a double standard for this. If you're a 42-year-old racing Cat 3 and you are financially accessible to those supplements and have somebody who can give you those supplements when you tell them fake symptoms, that is cheating in my opinion. A direct, oh, I don't disagree yeah. with you. Because you're, getting, you're yeah. getting a hard advantage on everybody around you. Let's be honest, professional well, bike racing, they are all pushing the line. That is just oh yeah. a different planet of competition. That is... We're dealing with like human beings' health at that so, point. You so know? you're saying yeah. like, yes, a doctor has. I, see, I just think it's like a doctor. The testosterone thing is super weird, right? Because yeah. like a doctor's prescribing it, but it's not really legal unless they have a therapeutic exemption. And if you look mm-hmm. at the rules for that, it's actually pretty hard for even the doctor to give that to you. So they have to have gone through a whole bunch of hoops, which yeah. they probably still do. I think it's a little easier than. Then now I am obviously not somebody yeah, giving take a look at it. I mean, but yeah, yeah, take a look at the yeah. rules for how to get a therapeutic exemption for testosterone. I know too many people it's, who have done it uh, to think that it's that hard. To are be you honest. sure they, they got a therapeutic exemption? That's a good question. They could be because, taking that. They, that's they could what I get it from somebody else. That's yeah. what I think is really happening. Is like yeah. doctors are prescribing it, which does not mean they have a therapeutic exemption. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a you know so they're breaking the rules. They're got taking it. Yeah. doctors taking giving medicine or whatever it is. A doctor, yeah, I mean. You know, they could theoretically prescribe EPO, all these things, right? But that doesn't mean that you're allowed to use it in competition unless you've gone through and you have the therapeutic exemption, which I think is a little bit harder to get than just, I mean, doctors are handing out testosterone like candy. So this could be a whole nother podcast. You guys, oh, this could. Okay. (laughs) I I should not have. No, I think it's great. I I actually have questions for that too. And I think that all of us probably have questions and probably some really hot. I think think it's a very gray world in the amateur race. Well, I was surprised at how much I was wrong because I thought you couldn't get a therapeutic exemption for testosterone. Mm -hmm. Turns out you can. can. Yeah. So we should definitely make a, I think that's going to be an upcoming topic. Let's do it. That's a good one. And I can bring some information for all of us to check out. What else you got on that list over there? Anything else you want to rifle off? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm happy. Now I'm happy after I've gone through my witch session. <laughs> uh-huh. A couple more for me real quick. You're in a race. You're coming up on somebody. Hey, I'm passing you on your right. And you go right to block said person. <laughs> or you're just not good with your right and your left. You haven't passed that uh-huh. part of your, uh, your educational <laughs> Maybe process. Maybe that's more it, yeah. <laughs> but no, let's say you say coming up on your right and, and you don't want that person to come around you and you kind of go over to the right. Mm-hmm. Would you guys get pissed about that? You should get suspended from the Tour de France for that Tony Martin mm-hmm. blocking Luke Rowe. 
<laughs> that was an did angry, you guys see that video? That was an angry block. Yeah, actually, him getting suspended in my opinion is ridiculous, but still, Tony that Mark, was. Sonny Martin does much. not seem like a mean person. No, no. I'll, in my years, he's having a long day, man. It's like mile seventy-five of yeah. day thirteen. Everybody's got a bad day. Yeah. So, this happened yeah. in the short check finale. It happened Seriously? to our own Zachary Compass. He was coming uh-huh. up on a guy. It was the 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 final stretch of the last lap of the race that he was in. Yeah, and he called out coming on your right now i didn't see i didn't know if it was a bad spot to pass or, or whatnot but he called up coming on your right and the guy went right and he went right into zachary caused them both to go both down. down oh he caused him to go down yeah That's bad. Bo- both of them went down and the guy that came into zachary got pretty bent out of shape and was basically pointing fingers saying that oh, he's a, an unsafe rider and he went over and told his team captain who proceeded to come over to me and had words. Yeah. I don't want to get into that too much, yeah. but um, handled it, I think, okay. But um, long story short, when you call somebody out and you're in a race and you say, I'm coming around on your right, now you don't want them just to leave a big giant door open for you. I mean, you should be able to come around. Or you, mm-hmm. But if, if I'm telling you that I'm coming around on your right or if I hear somebody, hey, coming on your right, I'm letting him come around me. Yeah. You because just hold your line, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't think it should be, a race shouldn't be like, hey, how many people can I block? I mean, if somebody's coming up on my right and they announce coming up on your right, I should get out of the way, correct? Yeah. And and in this situation, they weren't racing in the same field. They, oh, that is much oh, worse. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that they were in the same field. Oh, that's field. inexcusable. No, yeah. I don't think they were okay, racing in the same field. If you're lap traffic, 100%, yeah, if somebody here. says, yeah. I'm coming around you, but do, you get your butt out of the way. Do you feel like people should pass on the left? It well, just depends, it on, the depends on the course. Depends on the course. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no race 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 situations completely different than like like we're talking about with travel on there, Matt. Like travel oh, yeah. always pass a left time trial. Yeah, and no ball. I think I think I've rarely had to pass on the right. That's an emergency situation when somebody's yep. not me too. You know, yeah. handling. Well, I, I did not know that he was lap traffic. That's bad. He was lap traffic. So if he calls out passing on your right and that guy goes right, he has no business getting upset. Correct. 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 Unless there's something I'm missing to the story. Well, I've done this too, where like you're startled because someone's passing on passing on your left or whatever, or you kind of jump and you jump the wrong way. Yeah. You know, it's like the brain turns off. Right. So if it's one of that's one of those situations, I would I wouldn't necessarily think that he should be angry about it. I would still feel like I was in the wrong. If I, yeah. you know, if someone's passing me, you know, let's say they're passing me on the right, and you they say on your right, right, and you know, I instinctively I, I'm kind of gonna get out of the way you just get out of the way the wrong direction right. or something like that i could see how i would make that mistake well that's why when i'm coming on left I traffic i try to say i'm passing on your right or yeah. i'm passing on your left and and usually they will move i need a properly. second i need a second for my yeah. brain my slow brain is it takes a minute to be like <laughs> get out of the way yeah. you know so <laughs> holding just, your line is always a good thing yeah yeah and then lady who i saw driving on in portland with three kids in the car yapping on her phone with her phone up to her ear and just going to town on her phone and not paying attention to the people on their bikes stop it please put your phone down other lady that found it necessary to come speeding around us only to turn right right in front of us like 50 meters later you know causing us to have to break a little bit don't do that just wait for a few seconds i don't know just don't do that people i'm yeah. just gonna grab with that but <laughs> probably save <laughs> your brake good. pads too a yeah. little bit you know okay you um, cruise into the right turn a little bit better <laughs> i skipped the lead out news on purpose uh, because i wasn't sure how we were gonna do because we went along on the back pedal but i'm gonna fly through this really quick uh matthew vanderpool he won the uh the mountain bike world cup race in italy gotcha yep um viviani transferred to a new team he's with confidence now he left a quick step that's a, a big sprinter. Wow. Yeah. That's a weird transfer to me. Why? Cool he was doing so well with Quick Step. Mm-hmm. He's 
win. He can win with quick step. Who was the quick Kofidis step? doesn't even I, have that I, great of a setup lead out right now, do they? Deuce Nick. No. Yeah. Not that know. I can think of. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mikel Landa, Matt's favorite writer. <laughs> He's yeah. He I've definitely signed laid, with laid uh, into him before. Bahrain Meridia, and that's over there with Nibali's team. So yep. is that a sign that Nibali's um, mm. going to head off somewhere else? Maybe. Yeah, I think he's heading out, and I think maybe Miguel Landa will have a team does that he actually choose, supported did, him. I just uh, yeah, he does not play well with others. No, I think. but who knows? I don't he's, know. Him, so we'll he's he's absolutely potentially a Giro winner. Yep. He's he's built for a Giro win. Yeah. Could be. There you go, uh, Richie Port. Smashed an Everett no. challenge. Good for him. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I'll tell you what. What a year for Richie Port, huh? <laughs> I think he actually Broke finished. the Everesting record. Yes. Well, he finished with more than that. I think it was about 30,000 feet is what he did in this ride. He I mean, I'm it. amazingly impressed. Like, Richie Port's in incredible Four, shape. Yeah, 14 but. hours and 22 minutes. That was pretty, pretty cool. And then just some real quick Tour de France uh, little fact tours that came out of the uh, the race after the fact. I know that we're kind of perseverating on the Tour de France, but, man, that was such a fun race. Yeah. Real quick. The top speed for the tour that was Ooh. achieved was a new record for the tour. Oh, man. 63.1 miles an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> that wow. is freaking flying, dude. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Niels Pullet, I think. Yeah, Pullet, yeah. I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he was coming down the Col de Vars. Yeah. And hit 63.1 miles an hour. Wow. So that's, that's a steep descent. Pretty stinking fast. Um, Egon Bernal, his average speed for the entire tour, not just any particular day, but the, yeah. his cumulative average speed. Do you guys have any guess on what 25 that miles an hour? I was going to guess less than that because he, all the climbing. I don't know. Now there's some fast, flat stages this year. Evan's on to something here. Yep. 25.2. I know. Wow. Yeah. That is freaking fast. Wow. There, were, there was a day where they averaged like 29 miles an hour for 100 miles, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was there was a stage where they were think flying. about all of the climbing that they do and oh, just the incredible. sheer volume of that. Granted, they're they're gonna move along pretty fast because of the size of the peloton. But yeah, that's yeah, just nuts. And then uh, real quick, the average climbing speed was twelve point eight miles an hour. That is incredible, knowing how steep some of those yeah. climbs were. Oh, and to go back to that average speed, what do you think the difference was between Egon Bernal and the person who first and last place came in last place? Twenty. Oh, I bet you it's a lot. Two miles an hour. The, the difference 20. wasn't wasn't that much. It was only one point three miles an oh, hour slower. Wow. wow! So that's that's saying something mm-hmm. for you it know. Oh, anyway, they uh, started the Tour de France with one hundred seventy six riders and finished with one hundred fifty five. So that's pretty good to keep that many people in there. You only lost yeah. twenty one people. So <laughs> that's awesome. And half a stage, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, let's jump into one last thing, Lance. What you got? Um, there was a really funny YouTube video made about oh uh, gosh, one of the. Uh, <laughs> One of the, the PIR uh, oh, cool. races yeah. um, made by a listener to the show, Dylan Wiggins. Yeah, so good. Dylan, um, that was awesome. Yeah. I did see that, by the way. <laughs> it was awesome. I get made fun Genius. of relentlessly I love in it, it, which was also Dylan, hilarious. Dylan, keep them coming. It is great. <laughs> so if you want to check so that much out. So should be a season two <laughs> of this. Season two of this. <laughs> um, Dylan's uh, YouTube moniker is Quapface. Two C W A P F A C E two. Quap swap face or quap face? I don't know. Uh, it, I, <laughs> quap face is funny, so I think it's quap face too. Anyway, there's yeah, it's a funny bit. It's only six minutes long, and he's got some. He's got some good stuff. He's got some Russian friend of his singing a song on a ukulele yeah. about the race. It's hilarious. He's got Check awesome it videos. Definitely worth watching. Yeah. It is. Uh, Evan, you got one last thing for us? Yeah, um, I'm going to bring the tone down, unfortunately. Okay. Um, there was So anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I am from Dayton, Ohio. Um, 
Yeah. I have my family is based out of there. My dad retired from the military while we were at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Um, and my both my parents still live there. Um, there was an attack. I'm not even going to talk about the attacker in any capacity, but there was a shooting in the Oregon District in Dayton, which is the liveliest, coolest part of all of Dayton. It really is like the center of the the, the heart of Dayton's downtown scene. Um, I lived underneath the bar actually where the shooting happened. Uh, I wow. lived under there for a year actually. Um, yeah. It was one of the coolest years of my life. I loved it. It was while I was in PT school. Um, very stressful part of my life. So being on that street and around that community was uh, very, very important to me. So uh, there was also an attack in El Paso, but really for, for me, the, the Dayton attack hit really, really, really dangerously close to home. Um, had some friends who were actually in the Oregon district that night. Uh, it was kind of sur- surreal to see that in the news. It seems like when you see Dayton lately in the news, it's only bad things. Uh, we had bad tornadoes this year, too. Yeah. And um, there's a just a, a I'm, I'm not going to do the whole thoughts and prayers thing. Obviously, everybody knows that everybody, you know, could, does not condone those actions and supports, you know, anybody harmed by that. Um, but there is something called uh, the the Dayton Foundation, D-A-T, uh, D-A-Y-T-O-N, the Dayton Foundation, where you can just go and donate money. The, the, the city has said money would be most important right now. Uh, food, water, stuff like that is not as important for this. It was the, the money for the rebuild of, you know, kind of that, that little community there would be, would be very good at this time and for the families affected. Um, they've set up the Dayton Oregon District Tragedy Fund. Uh, but if you look up the Dayton Foundation, that's actually where you can, can go to donate to help, uh, help that city. And there's, you know, I mean, I may be a couple thousand miles away from there, but there's still a lot of people I know from Dayton. And it was a very sad, um, sad weekend for, for that community. It's terrible. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Uh, Matt, one last thing. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole bunch of stuff to dig into. I definitely want to thank all of the listeners who have taken the time to subscribe to the podcast and checking it out. It's super fun to do these each week. Like, um, this is my favorite when we have every single one of us We're in the studio. Yeah. yeah. yeah it I've doesn't happen too often. No, That's it doesn't. Yeah. I know. It's really definitely kind of the highlight of the week for sure. Especially when you can't like do a lot of activities, like stuff like this really helps. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Thanks. You knowing how I felt last year. Yeah. You guys saved me. I'm telling you. Uh, one last thing. Um, I wanted to, uh, put this out there because it's going to be, um, kind of after the fact, um, we, Obra, I sit on the board of directors, are looking to bring mm-hmm. chip timing to all of racing. Um, this coming Tuesday, which is going to be the day before um, we put out the, the, the podcast, will be the first time that we actually have a group coming out from a company called MyLapse to do some testing. And we're going to be chip timing everybody who's in the race. So we're going to be doing some like, kind of trials on it just to see if it's going to work. Um, PIR is the Portland International Raceway. is probably going to be the, uh, the best way for us to find out whether or not this is going to work for us because you've got sometimes you know 30 guys 40 guys coming into a finish um, within two seconds and you've got to be able to read all of these chips and make sure that it's accurate and we've got to figure out whether or not active chips or passive chips are going to be better for us and that's neither here nor there but that's going to be day one Um, and you're going to be listening to this and say well gee i wish i would have known that i would have gone yesterday um, or Obra is going to be putting out some notifications that um, there's another one coming up as well. So that's from company number one. Company number two will be the following week from Innovative Timing Systems will be out there. Um, if you miss out for any reason on going out um, tomorrow or you, you, I guess when you listen to this, you, theoretically yesterday, um, you have another opportunity to go out go out there and try it out and give us some feedback and help be a part of the process of us making bike racing even better in the state of Oregon and Southern Washington. 
Love should it. be fun. So, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to. This is beyond my one last thing. This will be just a little shout out. Um, we have a listener by the name of Mark Radford, who is actually a, the oh, yeah. on the Dial Cycling yeah. team and the Dial Triathlon, triathlon team. Super, as well. super yep. cool guy. I mean, it's hard to find a, a nicer guy. He's just super mm-hmm. cool. Fits in like a glove. He uh, on one of her posts. Um, that we did for, I think it was the epic episode that we did a couple episodes ago. He says, I'm all cut up and have listened to all 103 hours, 28 minutes, and three seconds of the Dow <laughs> podcast, 100% all while running and scratch your head on this one, swimming only. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. You can cool. listen to headphones while swimming. You guys have yeah. swim headphones? Which I don't have work? them, but I, I know wanna, a lot of people I want to get some. I've kind of thought about getting some too. Yeah. For like some long swims so or something. So you could yeah. be like listening to like a podcast or music oh, yeah. or something yeah. like that while you're swimming. That's yep. pretty cool. I wonder if yeah. the aftershocks are waterproof that way. No, I, I no, don't no. Oh, I would not try that. You have to get specific ones that, yeah. Okay. certain ones that are... It might be worth looking like, look at like underneath your cap. <laughs> but but Mark also did um, Ironman Canada, so congratulations yes. to Mark. Yeah, he cut that was awesome. two hours off his PR, and he can go faster. Like I looked yeah. at his time, and I'm like, he's a he's a pretty studly studly guy. I'm and like, he yeah. did the red line crit with us. Did he really? On Saturday. Oh, very he's cool. Did. He's good. He's yeah. a good athlete for sure. Yeah. 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 very strong athlete. His little thing guy. after that race is like, I'm so hooked on this now. So we're working. <laughs> we're going to be stealing them away from you guys. Uh-oh. Just watch out. <laughs> nah, we, we, we don't got to worry. We don't so, got to worry. This one's too fun. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like that we've done that many hours? And, and he posted that up right after, I think, yeah, it was like right after we had posted up um, another episode. So, so there might be more. Yeah, it's actually over 105 hours. And this one will take it up to yeah. like close to 107, if I'm not mistaken. 107 hours of sitting around shooting the, the you know what, the poo here. <laughs> yeah. And griping about stuff. That's pretty God. neat. That's that lot. is. That's Episode. a lot of angry land. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and me not wearing pants very yeah. often. Yeah. It's a lot of no pants time. That's like 100 and almost 10 hours of of no pants lance yeah. 76 episodes this is episode 76 and then evan and i were taking a peek like where would the 100th one fall that's and yeah it, we oh, were was it like the middle of june january was it it's it's like at a very boring time of year so it's going to okay. be perfect because we'll, we'll, we're going to have to do something we're going to do something yeah, like your fun. top 10 favorite let's do, moments, a, let's do a live one from um like hopworks or somewhere that would be sweet that'd be yeah cool. that'd be really fun yeah. yeah we should have to do a live one all right well guys it was good having you all back in the studio mm-hmm. um it was fun while it lasted. Lance is going to be jetting out of here. So yeah. Skyping in. Later, Lance. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was a great um, time sitting around with you guys today. Thank you again for coming and to gripe with me and <laughs> letting me kind of be a little bit here. Um, you guys all who listen to the Dow Podcast, thank you so much. Go check us out on social media at Dow Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Shoot us an email if you guys have any questions or have anything to add to the show. Info at DowPodcast.com. And we will be more than happy to interact with you um, and actually encourage it. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening so much. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.